Man, if you was if you tapped into this joint and you thought you was gonna listen to somebody talk about squid, what's that shit called? Squid game? Bro, you tapped into the wrong program. This is a a, a black podcast for black people highlighting black shit on a daily basis so if you don't know what you're tuning into right now you listen listening to the number one podcast in the dmv and this is bought your podcast so you know how this party about to go Nigga, one time for Big Meech, baby. Shout out to the motherfucking Lil Meech, Big Meech, fucking Southwest T. You nigga, hey, my nigga, let me tell you something. BMF episode two. I'm not saying spoiler alert, because if you black, you better just tap in. Go do what you're supposed to do. Do the fucking work. Y'all, I kept, y'all pissing me off with the Squid Game shit, twinning. I said twinning, trending. They even got some shit I said on Instagram where like it was like a video game version of that. Bro, I want to let y'all know you're weird. If you watch Squid Game, guess what? I'm going to just give you free game. You are a follower, not a leader. It's not even up for debate. I'm not even going to debate you. And I could really say some wild racial slurs behind how weird y'all are. I'm not even going to take it there. You just fucking weird. Your energy is weird. Go fucking cleanse your fucking self because that shit is weirdo behavior. And especially if you ain't tapped into fucking, man, listen to me. Shout outs to Big Meech. Shout outs to Lil Meech. Shout outs to the whole Detroit. What up, though? That fucking episode two, oh my fucking God, was so fucking fire. I don't even know what the the home the the friend nigga name is, the the, the third nick. Oh my god, this nigga. I, I'm I'm going. I'm all. Of course, y'all already know. I'm always over the place. Man, this nigga knocked that nigga boots clean, fucking smooth out his socks. Jesus Christ, rest in peace to the fucking ops. That's what the fuck y'all call an op pack. God damn, this nigga rocked and socked his ass. Put this nigga to bed. God damn, BMF. Damn, that shit is fire. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm so geek. And I literally just, I said, man, let me, I'm going to watch it right before I record so I can give the most immaculate review possible. Shout outs to Cash Doll. Of course, this this episode, she didn't have no sex things, but still, shout outs to Cash Doll. I think she did a good job. Um, And I definitely think her role in this season, and if she, especially if she keep getting roles like, I mean, episodes like this where she really kind of getting her shit off and showing her skills, I'm sure we're going to see way more Cash Doll. Um, coming up in movies and tv shows um make sure like i said y'all go watch bmf go watch bmf if you haven't watched it yet please go watch it because i'm telling you for the next however many weeks this shit on and with power um power book two come back on then tommy shit greenlit man shout out to 50 cent and i'm gonna keep shouting 50 cent out every fucking week on this motherfucker because he just do an amazing job at tv bro like that episode two of bmf literally had like i was glued to the tv from beginning to end and it was just like so many different emotions because it's just like battling like even if you watched it like then um the brother terry who got shot like look how how cool he tried to play with his baby moms about like i can't leave the streets alone i'm addicted to the game he said the same you know that that little line did fucking um I'm about to draw a blank. Uh, what Mitch told fucking uh, the nigga I'm paid in full. We need that famous line that everybody like. I'm just I'm I'm in love with the game. He was telling her that, but then that same the same episode, a few scenes later, 
he having the same conversation with Meech, and he kind of just he being real with him, like, nigga, I'm scared. A nigga could I could not be here right now. Every time I close my eyes, I keep wondering, like, am I gonna open them again? And that shit is just, and that was just like the process of, and one thing I can say I like about just even Big Meech, and I guess the way his uh character is betrayed right now, it's like you you really don't know. Um he don't want to he really don't want violence and for nigga, for anybody who listening if you played the streets or if you know niggas who kind of play the streets or deal with it like on a on a on a high level or even a, a decent quality level niggas don't really want to do the gunplay shit because the gunplay bring police it make your block high it make it make it hard for you to get money because now especially if you especially if it's in a kind of a half decent neighborhood motherfuckers gonna call the police and now they're gonna be worried about you know what i'm saying and they're gonna be pressing the police and pressing the uh, politicians in your area we need to crack down on this area because niggas is getting shot and when niggas get shot it just make the shit hot so that's if you kind of pay attention big meech really is trying his hardest to avoid um certain levels of violence where and that's the reason why him and his other man kind of um had their beast with it i mean like they was arguing because then his man wanted the body like nah nigga if the streets talking to something happened to such and such nigga you need to get rid of this nigga but then it was just like for for me just kind of like yeah i need to get rid of him but we gotta figure out a better way to do it because I'm just this is not his thing. His his you could tell his thing really ain't the gunplay, even though he walked for as soon as the episode come on, he walked into the hospital with a fucking gun and it's like, nigga, are you retarded? Like this nigga got a whole fucking Uzi walking in the junk. Like that's when it was just like, all right, nigga, this is stretch, just some TV shit. Cause that was But of course it's TV, and even at the beginning of um each episode, it say this based on a true story, but some of the shit may be fabricated for, you know, whatever purposes, for TV purposes. So that shit kind of seemed like, yeah, that was a little bit left. But it was still, it's just, if you pay attention to the smaller details, you can tell Big Meech is really not a fan of, like, the OD violent shit. Like, he gonna, he gonna handle his business, but he want to kind of handle it accordingly, where it's just not bringing hot-ass attention for no fucking reason. And then, it's like certain characters, I don't know the names, because what's the, I don't know what's the girl name is with the 50 boys. Because I don't, I can't never remember, like, they never really call her by name. She just, there. And she died like thorough as shit. Like that shit, even her doing the little dance moves, her little dance moves with Jai Sexy. And for people like if you really not tapped into um the Detroit shit, go follow some people in Detroit. Them motherfuckers really get down on that dance and shit for real. Um and even in DMV, we used to like beat your feet used to be a universal thing, a woman, man, whatever. It's ja- and that was I mean, of course, go go. That's that's street motherfuckers. Um and everybody was just dancing. I don't I I don't want to just blame it on social media. Maybe for here we can kind of blame it on social media, but niggas in motherfucking Detroit still definitely dance to today. Um but then just even when this shit the first the very uh when this episode first came on, when uh when they was on the TV and they was watching the basketball, I guess one of his men he was like, Yeah, you know, niggas grew up and they wanted to be like Magic Johnson. And for people who don't know, Magic Johnson did play for um, Michigan State and whatever other Michigan teams that he was like, nah. Me and my brother wanted to be the Chambers brothers. And the crazy thing is, I never knew who the Chambers brothers was. And again, I think I've, I've shouted him out on here before. If I didn't, Iceberg Vezo is a, a a popular rapper from Detroit. He's starting to get a little bit more popular now. I, I get into some of his projects um later in, in this episode. But he got a song called um, Chambers Brothers. And I never knew. I'm like, who the fuck is the Chambers brothers? And I just, and I didn't, I didn't know who it was. And then Big Meat said something about it. And I'm just like, cool. And just for me, if y'all know, to a certain extent, I like when my rappers are kind of really into what they into. Excuse me. And that's why I'm not a fan of, you know, the, the kid rappers and the gun shit. I'm not a fan of that. But I'm definitely a fucking full-fledged, 100% 
or like trap rappers. So when he said that shit, I was like, damn, that's tight. I didn't even know that. Then I didn't know that the Chambers Brothers New Jersey Drive was based off of them. I never knew none of that shit. So when he just said that little part in the movie, it caught my attention just because I really fuck with that song from Iceberg Bezo that's called Chambers Brothers. Um, and it was just tight that he fucking matter of fact and he just he been put out this single called chambers brothers a minute ago but he def, he just put out a project what was it like tuesday or wednesday um it's called rich off pints pints too like pints like drink um and he called himself the drink god but i'm gonna just play like a snippet of it just to give y'all a feel of it he was talking that shit on here too Ticket, then the price change. Caught him at the stop sign, and then the light change. Hundred thousand dollars gone for these ice links. Kirby nigga, shit, it get real dirty for them white things. Yeah, that's about a thousand pills, got a lot of meds. I would have popped Bishop first, I ain't ride a mess. Two hundred thousand in my pocket, I can buy Benz. Big Drake, it hit him in his head and knock him out his dress. Richard Millie full of stones like a disco. Again, that's Iceberg Bezo, that's Chambers Brothers. Like I said, I didn't know. I, I just did. I just probably didn't even have time. They were like, let me go see Google and see who the fuck the Chambers Brothers is or try to go down YouTube. But now I have to big meet shit it on on the uh, episode two of BMF at the beginning. I'm definitely going to do, after, probably after I finish recording, I'm definitely going to go cut on YouTube and see if I can find like a doc or something about the Chambers Brothers to see. Um, Because I don't even remember what the fuck New Jersey Drive was. Don't take my black card away for that because I just really don't. Um. Why, why this is on the top of my mind, I do want to say, man, shout outs to Yo Gotti. And I forgot to shout out Yo Gotti last week. Yo Gotti in partnership of the DC United soccer team. And I don't know if y'all remember, I said this a couple weeks ago, maybe like a month ago now. I'm going to go out on a limit shot and say, Shaq Lizzie regret never signing with CMG. And that's just, just, just me. I just, my brain go a lot of places, but that was like one of the huge, like that was a smack in the face. That was a smack into a face to a lot of fucking local mainstream rappers. Like your business got to be in order, and you got to kind of be in them rooms. Like, and Yo Gotti is definitely adding on to his play of black excellence. Shout out to Yo Gotti. That shit was tight. That video he posted on his page, if people ain't seen it, just go look on Yo Gotti Instagram. Jump like that fucking video of him walking into the United. Like, nigga, that's hard. And and I meant to talk about it the week whenever it was Howard and, and uh, fucking Hampton played each other at the stadium, and Yo Gotti literally was like tweeted something or post something on Instagram or like I was leaving, but then I found out it was a big ass HB. I bucked at you and I came right back. Like just man, shout out to Yo Gotti. I I just niggas gotta kind of I, I don't know. I could I could deep dive on that shit, but it's just not even worth it. You niggas just gotta tighten your asses up out here, um, and stop just trying to look sweet for Instagram and be something to the city that niggas kind of like packed you up on so shout out to yo Gotti again um in the dc united that shit is hard like that shit is tight like i can't even explain how tight that is because niggas don't give a fuck about soccer but i'm sure them even attaching their name with yo Gotti, that shit is going to be great for business like if yo Gotti be like i'm gonna do it you know what I'm saying? like i know for a fact that it's gonna make niggas kind of at least pay attention to a certain extent i'm not saying saying that niggas are gonna come diehard soccer fans but i'm sure those little um name attachments make motherfuckers want to fuck with shit a little bit more but let's get back into the um into the bmf shit what was another like standout jump oh i don't know how the fuck i literally just finished watching man the nigga the cash dog 
I don't even know if this nigga's her baby father or not. Whoever the fuck this wild nigga is that just came home from jail or wherever the fuck he came home from because he keeps saying the hospital. like, And he's literally seemed like he's mentally out of it. Mo, he was beating the bitch on the bathroom floor. Not in the bathroom, like leaning her over on the sink. This nigga was on the floor with free fucking Willie. Are you shitting me? Like, no, like literally he was taking her ass to pound town. Like he was really giving her the fucking blues in that bathroom. Like that's the most dirty and bro. Listen to me. I done done some dirty dick shit. That was absolutely top tier. Some of the nastiest shit I've ever seen in fucking life. I, oh, oh, bro, do you y'all gotta think about it? It's a public bathroom. You know how dirty the public bathroom is. Like, I'm gonna tell you how bad public bathrooms is sometimes. And just because y'all, everybody who listen, y'all know I go to the gym a lot. Sometimes when I smell like how pissy the bathroom, like when I leave the gym, and that shit make me come home and want to clean my bathroom because it just be like, that shit sound crazy. Like, oh my fucking God. So I can own, and they in a fucking restaurant, in a fucking care, I mean, I said a restaurant, in a fast food joint. Y'all know how trifling fast food restaurants is. And Detroit ain't fucking, uh, Whatever the fuck you want, it's not. It, it probably ain't one of the cleanest places in fucking America to be at. So him to fucking be fucking a bitch in Detroit in a fast food fucking restaurant on the floor floor, literally. Oh my god, bro, that was some nasty ass fucking shit. Then just even that, just and going back and keeping it on onto BMF, just that fucking fight and pull between the mother and the father, and it's kind of like. I, 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 I'm wondering, like, is it the real genuine mom love for her son or is it realistically she don't want to let Meech go so far because they they need the money for real. Like, you can have whatever morals and principles you want to have, but nobody wants to be homeless. Nobody really wants to go through the fucking struggle for real. And that shit is just like. It, it, you could just tell like that shit really eating her up like she want him to leave the streets of course because you just nobody wants their kid to grow up to be no fucking drug dealer but while we here i kind of don't want to be fucking homeless neither i kind of don't want to work at wendy's i kind of don't want to be struggling so it's just like to a certain extent uh, uh yeah i'm a, i'm 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 going i'm gonna play it close as i possibly can i don't want to seem like i'm encouraging it but i'm going to yeah, and like the dad just super hard on this nigga. Like, and he won't, and I'm, and I'm not mad at him. I guess that's him being a good father, but it's just like, and I'm sure it's some regret too, because it's just like, even when you listening to them talk, and when they was in front of the, uh, what's the jump? Uh, when, when the newborns, wherever that is in the hospital, where they looking at the newborn babies, and he kind of just, like, they kind of talking out their, their thoughts at the time, like, where it's like, when the kids are brand, when they fresh out, they're so innocent, they're so, but you can't keep them innocent. And I wonder, like, just realistically as a parent, it's like, do you have some form of regrets? And just me looking at that shit and now, of course, not me trying to sit here and say I was on no level of no fucking um, big meat or no shit like that. But I do remember having that conversation um, with my mother and father when, when shit was getting left for me and I was just getting sloppy as fuck and, and fucking papers was coming from the fucking uh, fucking police and the fucking homeowners association and shit like that. And I, and I remember just having that talk with my mother and father. So just me watching that and listening, and I'm kind of at the same time trying to uh, put myself in those shoes where I kind of, where it's not as hard for me to put myself in those shoes. And I remember that conversation where it's just like my dad telling me, whatever you're doing, you can't afford to take care of this whole family. So you need to fucking stop because I work for the government. Your mother worked for the government. You want us to lose our fucking jobs for you and some basically petty tennis shoe money. 
like that don't like so just that conversation is just like and i remember like i've never seen my dad cry until me and him was literally having that conversation and i'm just sitting there just like i'm listening you can't say shit because it's the truth like you know like realistically of course a nigga you're my, of course at that age i'm younger so my ego wasn't nowhere near probably as infatuated it is now but you kind of just remember like so i'm not feeling like yeah i can make money to take care of everybody Fuck no i realistically knew like nigga, yeah i probably can buy me and my brothers every pair of shoes but it can't take in the whole fucking family that's fucking ridiculous um so it's just looking at that little certain shit, and then just even watching him and um his younger sister and it's like i never had those moments with um my youngest brother, but I did always just like this little shit. Like my my youngest brother was in high school, and it was so crazy. His birthday passed maybe two weeks ago now. Yeah. So and then, and he was like posting my brother, my middle brother posted a picture of him, and I'm just looking at like the pictures. And my and it was like a collage. On my little brother had every pair of shoes because I just always made sure it was just like nigga. When I went to high school, I didn't have every pair of shoes. I used to just paint all my shoes. So I always made sure nigga. My brother didn't have a want for the world. So him having that fucking conversation with his little sister, it was kind of like damn. I would just remember those feelings where you can always try to like feel like you can um buy off your your fucked up ways. So like if my brother probably and my young brothers can tell you they've seen me high shit like literally out of my mind where it's like it's it's, it's distasteful high where it's just like oh like nigga you you know what I'm saying so I'm sure that's one of the reasons why my brothers probably really never played with the drug shit because you I've been high so high around them where it was like junkie behavior so it's just like oh like that shit can be a turn off. And you think you can kind of clean it up with money. Of course, with my middle brother, probably could. Because it, it's like he probably understand a little bit more. Because at that time, we were going out and we was, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you can see me at my best. And so my lowest, you kind of maybe wash. It's cool. You probably wash your hands with it. Don't pay it as much attention. But with my younger brother, I'm sure it probably hit him a little bit differently. So just watching that shit, it's kind of like you always can. I, I'm really appreciating 50 Cent because it's just like you giving the highs and the lows of, um, of street shit. Where you kind of really get to pay attention to the details on the highs and the lows and then how you affect other people in your family where it's like him and terry are in cahoots and realistically like even just from that conversation that terry had with his baby mother you can see like he ain't the innocent brother don't get it twisted he ain't he's not innocent by far he's really with the fucking shenanigans but at the same time it's still just like you know like it, it, the other members of the family don't feel that way and then they put so much pressure on the little sister where she's like, listen, I can't even fucking, like, I got to keep lying to mom and dad. Like, Terry ain't got nothing going on, and I know what he really doing. And then, you know what I'm saying? And he just thinking like, damn, well, Terry looking out for you. He take you shopping, he do whatever the case may be, boom, boom, boom. And, and it's so crazy because I'm sure the parents are always thinking it's Meech buying her all this shit the whole time. It's fucking Terry. So, again, like I said, I fuck with 50 Cent. I just appreciate how he really, bro, 50 Cent is tapping into some real next level fucking content. And, and of course, it, I don't ever want it to seem like it's just we highlighting it because it's um, like drugs and violence uh, culture. But at the same time, we kind of got to ask ourselves, look how easy and relatable it is. And I was having a conversation with a, a, a female friend of mine and I was asking, her, I was like, do you think that like Lena Waif and fucking maybe not Issa Rae to a certain extent, because I do feel like we do kind of champion the fuck out of Insecure. But bro the way we celebrate in 50 as a create like and, and i'm not saying it's like for smaller creators of course you don't feel no type of way and that's why i get on this motherfucker and i'm gonna celebrate 50 every day because i'm not nowhere near on that level of trying to compare that type of shit but i wonder when it's just like certain motherfuckers and i watch how they try to like even when it's podcast on the radio like 
they kind of try to brush over what 50 doing. Like, oh, yeah, I've seen BM. But niggas don't give you this form of deep dive. And the cool, and that's why you should probably listen. And you should tell, like, and share and tell friends to listen. So we can have these conversations together and champion our own. But I wonder how, like, and I've done it on here. We talk about the shy, but I probably don't talk about it as passionate as I do with this 50 cent shit. And maybe just because this shit is a lot way more relatable. Just perfect example of how I broke down certain things that happened in my life where I can relate to it. So maybe that's why it's such a big deal in our culture. I don't know. That's just that's something that I kind of want to put that out there because I'm just paying attention to the like nigga celebrate it. And I even seen uh I forgot who it was, somebody from Atlanta. No, as a matter of fact, it was Lord Duval, and he kind of was a little bit upset how like it's so easy for everybody to champion 50, but nobody wasn't really championing Boosie movie. And I told y'all, I think with Boosie shit, if Boosie shit was on Netflix, I think niggas would have made a way bigger deal about it. So, and, it, but, and then Boosie did do a Vlad interview, and he said he made like 940000 the first week off of his movie. I mean, which nobody won't ever know because it was on his website. But I'm going to go out on the limb and sit here. Sometimes it's just like, if he would have put that shit on Netflix, I'm sure that shit would have been number one trending on Netflix. I'm sure niggas would have been recording it to their IG story and really celebrating and promoting it. But you make it a lot harder when it's on a fucking website. How many of us actually get on a laptop and do too much of anything besides like work related shit, like for our pleasure and leisure, you're not getting on no fucking laptop to do nothing. But yeah, that was just my, my takeaway from the BMF uh, for this week. Uh, again, shout out to 50 Cent. Shout out to Lil Meech. He is doing an amazing job at playing his dad. Oh yeah, before I before I change gears and topics, man, this nigga 50 got renewed for fucking season two off the first episode and said this was the largest. You got to think about it. Power's OD big. And they said this BMF shit even did way more than um any of the Power episodes. And I'm sure realistically it's because the allure of BMF has been building up since Jeezy first came out. So you're talking about that was 06. Since we first, since nine times out of 10, most of y'all listening, and I'm an OD Jeezy fan, so I'm sure most of y'all probably not may not be as big a Jeezy fans as I am. Um, but since like 06, we have heard of BMF. You've seen them in some old Jeezy videos. You've even seen them in some Fab videos. And if, for people who don't know, like that's what linked Fab and Jeezy together is BMF. Um, so yeah, so it's just that I'm sure that build up just by himself and just Rick Ross having BMFs on. So that's the Lord. I'm sure that the numbers is always going to do crazy. But again, shout out to Fifty Cent for getting fucking already renewed for season two. And then, like I said, young Lil Meech or Young Meech, whatever y'all call want to call him, nigga, he is doing a, a macklet job at that at playing his dad, and he looks so much like him. It just make it even twenty times better. Like man, that shit is fire. See if you gon' lie, you gon' love me. I was getting bras way before I got the money. Honey, since I've been a star, they don't love me. The ceiling got stars when the star got on ceiling. Listen to what I'm telling y'all. Listen to if you know Wale or something, tell that nigga I, I forever try to hold him down when when mainstream America don't get his nigga his flowers. Tap in and stop acting like a weird nigga. Um but no, nah, this new Wale and J. Cole, and I know it kind of got lost in the midst of Meek Mills, and we're going to get into Meek in a second. But, nigga, this Wale and J. Cole, so she got a little butt, poke it out. Mm, 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 uh, hey, uh, hey, that shit crank like shit. And then it's just like, J. Cole is just one of those super... um know how to say the right thing or do the right thing as nigga. So he shout out Meg and the Joan. If you got a body like Meg, poke it out. If you got a little booty like Carly Ray, whatever fuck that little girl name is, um, poke it out. Shout out to J. Cole and fucking Wale. That shit is heat. Like I fuck with that song. Like that literally was like 
and I'm glad while they put it out. He put it out Thursday, so basically like a day before fucking um, Meek shit came out. That Wale and J. Cole joint slap. I literally listened to that joint like a cool 20 times. Like that shit really um, cranked. And Wale do got a new project dropping for Lauren to October 22nd. Um, and if y'all don't remember the for Lauren, the first one, that was probably like, though that was like the live mixtape, um, that Piff days. And that was the joint when, she, that's when he gave motherfucking uh, Light Show his big fucking um, debut on that Georgetown Press jump. So I'm definitely looking forward to listening to this uh, Wale joint when it come out on October 22nd. Again, like I said, I, I really fuck with that joint. Um, Wale definitely did this thing with that. Let me, I'm going to speed into it a little bit just so y'all can catch a better drift of this shit. Selling got stars from the stars that I'm selling. Stick it down, poke it out, stick it down, poke it out. Hey, yeah, she got a low by so up. Big bag, she can show an ass, stick it down, poke it out, poke it out. If for the younger listeners, if you if you are that young and you maybe or you can even be old and just not really was a fan of like rap when you was young, like your parents may not let you listen to uh, rap music. That is a flip on um on Q-Tip's vibrant thing, vibrant thing. I don't know. I guess how I would fuck that song go. Um, but I do know. I do still at least know the sample. But I cannot verbatimly never rap no fucking words, so it don't really matter. While we hearing the DMV talking about DMV shit, shout outs to fucking Lamar Jackson. Of course, I know that's not real DMV shit. It's Baltimore shit. But Lamar Jackson is my guy. I fuck with Lamar Jackson. I'm going. I keep telling y'all every week we going to talk about these motherfucking black quarterbacks and how shitty these fucking white quarterbacks are. Jacksonville fucking got their ass beat again. The Jets pulled one off, you lucky son of a bitches. And I'm mad because they fucking um, beat the fucking Saints. That shit pissed me off because they do got a black quarterback. And then, again, y'all know this is team fucking Cam Newton over here. Shout out to the fucking Patriots, you fucking bums. You fucking lost again. And I don't even fuck with Tom Brady, but Tom Brady playing the fucking against the Patriots. I'm going to root for every team that play against the Patriots every fucking week because I hate a racist motherfucker who's blatantly in my face telling me to suck their dick. Cool. Don't even worry about it, Jack. That's why you motherfuckers is what the fuck are y'all like one and four right now? Horrible. Mac Jones is a shit show. I don't give a fuck. And I and this is my and this is reason why I wanted outside of the hip hop shit. One of the reasons why I love having my own podcast because niggas on ESPN, y'all are some tap dancing Uncle Tom weird ass niggas. Like bro, y'all will find any reason to be like, oh, it's, find little shit to fucking congratulate these white quarterbacks. Like, bro, get some, go some nuts. Like, bro, it's twenty twenty one. Like, fuck that guaranteed paycheck. Y'all niggas better fucking have a fucking ball sack. Like that shit is gay as shit. Like. Just literally, just for all the niggas listening, I know y'all get what I'm saying. Like, every nigga on ESPN will tell you, oh, it's just Jacksonville got a horrible team. It's a lot of black quarterbacks who just be having horrible teams, but you niggas will throw them niggas. Matter of fact, you did it to Cam Newton. You niggas threw Cam Newton under the bus on that same shitty-ass Patriots team. And matter of fact, the Patriots team this year is better than the one that he had last year. But niggas will be like, oh, well, I see the I see the uh, potential of Mac Jones. How, bitch, they keep losing. The fuck potential do you see? They fucking, the score was low as shit. The score was 19 to fucking 17. What the fuck are you talking about? What potential did you see in this nigga? Like he threw for 400 yards. Get the fuck out of here. That's just my point. Of, I, I, oh my God, bro. I really hate you niggas. I hate you. I, and this is probably another reason why I don't like people who wear suit and ties, especially like black people who wear suit and ties. I really kind of get distasteful and disgusted with that shit because it's just like, it's it's a thing. And, it's, and it, it is never fucking suits to amaze me when, 
you allow these people to talk just how they talk. Shout out to fucking Brandon Marshall um, and fucking I Am Athlete. His whole situation he got going on. I just appreciate niggas who look and can talk like I talk. And he's and they are way more polished and fucking mainstream with their speaking. But it's just even just the fact that they just talking shit with T-shirts on. I'm cool with that shit because that, that suit and tie shit make you niggas act weird and say weird shit. But again, shout out to Lamar Jackson. Um, Shout out to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was the uh, the fastest to reach a hundred wins um, as a quarterback. Period. He did it in ten seasons. He he has won a hundred games, and he did it the earliest tenth se- his tenth season. And it was only four games into the season. So shout outs to Russell Wilson. Shout outs to motherfucking uh, the Arizona Cardinals. What is this nigga name? I can't. Um, Kyler Murray. That nigga is balling, balling. He got the wild head when he talked. Is kind of like uh. But he looked, okay, he almost he almost up there with Lamar Jackson when he take that fucking helmet off and it's giving nigga, he's giving nigga. So I fuck, shout-outs to that nigga. Shout-outs to Justin Fields from Chicago. Chicago got a win, and Justin Fields was balling his ass out. I'm telling y'all. And ladies, don't, don't, this is just literally some pro-black shit. This ain't no sports shit. I'm just speaking highly of black motherfuckers who are doing shit that they not supposed to. And, it, and I'm sure every last one of y'all are old enough to just remember when the NFL, every fucking quarterback was white. Whatever your favorite team is, the quarterback was white. A lot of y'all live in the DMV. I know y'all fuck with the Cowboys. I'm going to get a Cowboys credit because you got a lot of black. You got a lot of white black niggas on y'all team, but y'all still got a lot of black niggas on y'all team. So shout out to the Cowboys, which y'all four and one right now. Y'all look or three and one. Y'all looking sweet. I'm not, I'm not going to hate, especially as long as your quarterback black. I'm going to give niggas their credit. So if they're not, it is what it is. Um, What else I got going on for y'all? Shout out to fucking Lizzo and Soldier Boy. That little fucking uh, one-two step that they had going on or whatever. A vibe that they caught via uh, social media when they was in backstage at the Millennial Tour. That shit was low key fire. I ain't even gonna hold you like that. Like, one thing I can say about Lizzo is I fuck with her personality when it's not the um the 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 extra um showing your ass shit because she's just a regular motherfucker. And even when she and a perfect example of that is when she seen fucking Chris Brown at the same at the same uh concert at the backstage off the rip. She was like. Oh, can I get a picture? You my fucking favorite person in the world. That's just some, like that was some regular fan shit. I can and, and don't get it. She's not no regular person no more. She is a fucking she's nigga. She up there. She's a pop star. However you feel about her visually, it don't matter. She still is a pop star. For her to still put her ego to the side to be like no. And then Chris Brown is just I don't know what the fuck kind of weird ass lean pose that was that he did. He's just fucking he's fucking crazy. Chris Brown is a fucking nut job just for that pose. Um. But yeah, I appreciate it. And the niggas was giving her backlash on social media. No, not social media, of course. Let's say Twitter, because Twitter just is just like its own planet of its own. Um, and I'm gonna get into Twitter and Instagram in two seconds. But just they was like, "How is that your favorite person in the world? You forgot what he did to Rihanna, bro." If y'all like, I, and this is why this is when I have my beef with social media, and I'd be like feeling like when people say little stupid shit like that, you just haven't never lived life. And you you just don't because you so hypocritical and so judgmental to people. It's like you can tell you never have went through real low points of your life. And if you have, probably nobody else don't know about them. So that's why it's so easy for you to just turn your nose up and just bullshit. And it's just like, bro, that shit is so corny to me. Like, bro, what? Nigga, this is Chris Brown. Chris Brown has been famous for most of our entire life. I don't give a fuck how old you are. Chris Brown has at least been for majority of your life or at least half of your life chris brown has been a fucking top tier celebrity even when he went through his turmoil and for that nigga to hit his low and come all the way back that's why would she and she's a fucking she's an entertainer 
Who else is she supposed to outside of Beyonce? Who could you really say she's supposed to look up as an entertainer? Fuck a singer, fuck a rapper, whatever that shit is. I'm talking about entertainer actually putting on a live fucking performance. Chris Brown is the bar. Like this nigga can do backflips and still sing. He can do like a lot of shit that 95% of the world cannot do. And that's why if you ever gonna compare anybody to Michael Jackson, it only could be Chris Brown. It can't be nobody else. So it's just certain shit. Just like I hate when Twitter just do Twitter shit. Like, bro, act like y'all been so act like something happened to you before. And that's why sometimes in life, and it's not me just wishing bad on people, but it's sometimes it just be like, I always wish people can actually go through life. Go through real low points in life and then try to figure out how you look at certain shit and you move on certain shit. And most people don't. And even sometimes when it's just um even when it's people just living in, in the lowest poverty, sometimes it's like if you were born in it and you're just so used to it, that shit ain't low to you. It might be low for somebody if you go from upper or middle class and then you got to go low, then you just feel some type of way. But if you were just born in pure poverty and sometimes you never, that's all you see, that's all you know. So you get caught on that hamster wheel and you stay there. So those people sometimes won't never fucking um, understand what low really feels like because you're so adapted and so adopted to this shit. Perfect example. I'm in the fucking... Um, in the bank that they're getting a fucking cashier's check. And I fucking see, um, I'm literally, I'm like two windows down. So I'm ear hustling a little bit and not even ear hustling. Cause this bitch was super loud and ghetto. And she was trying to cash a fucking check for 20 rats. And I'm just gonna paint a picture for y'all. And, and of course I'm a very judgmental person. She has on a fucking bonnet, got on some OD baggy ass pajama pants and fucking flip flops and a dingy ass black t-shirt. Right. <sighs> Excuse me. And she's trying to cash a check for 20 rats. And she don't have a bank account. Like, I got two forms of ID and the lady be like, well, we only can cash. I mean, give you 10 cash and the other one to cash is checking. And she just get the, huh, why can't you do this? I'm like, bro, whoever sending you in here to cash this check is fucking just as dumb as you are. How you, why are you trying to cash a check for 20 bands and you don't have a bank account? Make it make sense. Who's going to believe that this shit is proper? Like some shit just be stupid as shit. Like, are you fucking shit me? Are you looking at yourself right now? Like, you didn't even give a fuck. You just rolled out of bed trying to hit a lick. Like, you ain't even put no effort into making this motherfucker believe you had twenty racks before. Like, come, like, come on, bro. Like certain shit. Like, and you, you can't. I'm not even mad at the woman behind the window hassling the fuck out her because I'm just like, nigga, I'm, I'm a nigga, nigga, and I'm judging the fuck out you right now. You look like a shit show. I don't even believe you should have twenty thousand dollars right now. So, I, like, come on, bro. And it just be shit like that that just piss me off. Like, that's real life shit that you can, like, use your common sense and judgment off of. Like, even if I'm the nigga sending her, like, I would have FaceTimed that bitch and been like, bro, put, do something with yourself before you go in there. Because you're making it, you're going to make this shit way harder than what it need to be. Like, uh, and I don't, like, come on, bro. Act like you've been here before. And this bitch absolutely didn't look like she'd been there before. And that's just, a, like, a sidebar joke that I was like, when I seen that shit, I'm like, let me write on my phone. I got to make this a topic. Like, how did this make sense to you? Like, why? Stop, bro. This bitch blacked the fuck 
out. Are you fucking shitting me? I give Meek a hard time because, bitch, that's what the fuck I'm looking for. I swear to God, it's nowhere in hell you just heard that shit and you didn't get hype. I swear to God, listening to that song, I wish I had, I was a coach at a Peloton class. As I swear my right hand to God, I'll play that shit. One hand up. Two hands up right there. Hey, pedal, pedal, hands up. Go up the hill, go up the hill. Oh, my, man, listen to me. This nigga Meek Mills. Bro, the first two songs of that Meek Mills shit go so fucking ham. Oh, my God. I don't even care what the rest of the album sound like. I'm not even going to hold you. The first two fucking songs is so fucking impeccable and so fucking outrageously give you every bit of energy, anger, and an aggressive in aggression in your body. There's no way you could tell me you don't feel like you can conquer the world and beat Godzilla's ass when you hear them first two songs on Meek Mill shit. Like, bro, that's this the Meek Mills I'm talking about, bro. Like, this, the first two songs, I swear to God, I played them shits back to back. Like, oh my God, this shit give you so much energy. Like, that shit excite me so fucking much to just win. That nigga snap like that and just go changing the flows and the patterns and the speed. Man, this nigga, that level of Meek Mills is fucking amazing. I'm not even gonna hold you. Like, that shit got me very excited. Like, I'm one time for fucking Meek Mills. I wish I had a fucking, um, sound effect boy because i would drop some fucking funk master flex bombs on there get this nigga a round of applause and some more shit those first two songs let's just go run down real quick on this meek mill situation the intro and and the uh outside jump um in parentheses 100 miles and no literally i wouldn't recommend listening to this shit in the car because you're probably gonna get a speeding ticket or you're gonna get caught by a camera light i'm not gonna hold you i feel like this shit is like only made for like the gym or like if you're going outside for a walk or some shit, like you got to be doing a physical activity to really fuck with this Meek Mill shit. And it's just so crazy. Like I li- because I listen to a lot of fucking podcasts and I watch a lot of shit on YouTube. Right. And I, when I watch niggas give like harsh critics on Meek Mills and then like, you got like, as a man, you got titties and you got like a, a, a face full of cheek that I can squeeze. Like you shouldn't give your opinion on Meek Mills because where do you realistically can appreciate his music at? And sometimes, and I always tell you, and I always feel like I say that on here, where it's like, you you have to find certain pockets on where to enjoy music at. Like, I don't feel like Meek Mills don't even really make, I'm not even going to say this some shit. I don't even know if I went to the club, I want to hear that in the club. Because it's just like, what the fuck am I about to do? Just jump up and down on the couch? Like, no, I really need to be able to fuck something up listening to this shit. Like, this shit really make me feel that type of way. It's just like, so listening to niggas be like, oh, it's like, how can you give a criticism on this shit? You can't even drop down and give me a clean 20 push-ups, bro. Like, and, I, and that shit just, like, baffles me because I wouldn't sit here and try to fucking, I'm not about to critique a love song because, nigga, I ain't in fucking love. Like, that shit, that's the, that's the hypocrisy for me when motherfuckers talk about just shit in general with certain shit is just like, especially if you want to trash something, like how do you trash it? And you were not even in the proper element to listen to the shit. And just think about that shit real good. Just really think about it. Like I can give you like, let's just use for a fucking example. Let's fucking say just so niggas know where I'm, how I'm shooting. Let's use academics. For example, whatever him and Meek Mill's beef is cool, but just look at him. Like, can he really appreciate a fucking Meek Mill's them first two songs at least? Where you gonna push it in a house listening to it in your headphones? You just sitting there. No, because this shit is like that shit get you like I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna say get you the Holy Ghost, but it just get you that type of energy. Like it just like you can't control yourself. What you how can you really appreciate the shit if you just sitting in the house with some headphones on? It don't make sense. 
and I'm not sitting here like, of course, I'm not even about to say, nigga, y'all know I'm always going to uh, uh, um, preach, fucking do something with your health, get active and, and that type of shit. And I can even twist this into a sidebar. And for my brothers or my cousins, whoever listen to this, don't go tell my mother I told say this on this fucking podcast. But even just with my mom, my mom got fucking, I think, gout. And it's so funny because I remember on the podcast, I, when I was going to, when the churches was open and I always used to say how I used to look at the ladies' legs. And I, and I got mad at my mom for that shit. I'm like, bro, I told, I've been kept telling you to work out. I've been told you to switch your diet. So it's just like, of course, she got, she don't have no choice but to do it now. And she was doing it. Like she's been doing it since she's retired. I didn't know, and that's a sidebar. So if I get into a relationship, I'm definitely gonna have me a kid now because I told her I was waiting for, I was waiting for her to retire. Like that's been my one of my super excuses to myself why I didn't want to have kids. I'm like, wait, wait until my mother retire so I can have like a guaranteed babysitter. Cool. Just again, but those things is just and, and she of course what most black people put it on on work. You caught up in your work life, your career, whatever. It makes it a lot harder to go to the gym and you being an amazing parent. You really, it's, of course, all those excuses is cool. I'm just tying that in just to let y'all know. I don't just pick on y'all. I keep that same energy for the people I actually fucking love. Um, and I do love and appreciate y'all as well. But it's just my thing of it is you just have to find time to actually appreciate certain shit. The same way I could tell y'all like mm, the R&B shit ain't for me because I'm just not there. I'm not in a place in life for that shit. I want, I want to be in that place, of course. And and when I find time in certain little R&B pockets where I feel like I can, it's relatable to me, I come and give y'all the breakdowns. Like I done with Give Y'all, like I did with the Certified Level Boy. I done with a couple other jokes. What I do with um, Tink, it, I, I can find my pockets in this shit, but it's just sometimes I'm just listening to niggas just talk just because you got somebody to talk to. It's just like, nah, bro, you can't really appreciate that meek shit if you're not really out here getting to some shit. It's hard. It's like, it's no way. I can't, I can't push. I tried to like, I, it's, no, I can't do it. I don't believe you can do it. I feel like it's a box of bullshit. Um, slow songs on there that I really appreciate. And when I say slow songs, not like some R&B shit, but just like on some, a slower tempo. My favorite joint on this joint was, uh, Love Train. Man, Meek was talking that shit on that Love Train joint. Um, what was another joint? Like on some slow shit. I, I, I kind of guess you would um put the tweaking with him and Vori. Let me tell you something. Meek, you got a fucking golden child with that Vori nigga. For everybody who listened to Donda, you heard the nigga Vori get his shit off on there. But on this tweaking jump with Meek, boy, he went crazy on this jump. And, and, and I'm going to play this sample because I don't I want to play this song because I don't know the sample. And don't take away my hip-hop cause I kept trying to fit. I sound like some Wu-Tang shit, but I'm not 100% positive. And I don't really feel like Googling on Genius what song this was they sample. But I want you, I want to play it. And if any of y'all know the sample, let me know what it was. Like the way you work it. Never met an angel that was perfect. I never met a demon that was worth it. Yeah. They know the book war coming with amenities and the sending fees. Your favorite model is not a sin to me. I got ten of these. Your favorite rapper still feeding off my energy. I just talked to Jeff, I told him strictly pesos. I just talked to Jeff, I told him strictly pesos. Cause I'm too rich to pay hoes. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. This shit for me. And I can, and like I said, I'm a hard meat critic because I'm really a fan of meat. This, I need to look. It's not better than championships, but it's guaranteed better than his very first two projects. The one with the, the intro on there. Uh, but outside, if you take that intro off of there, that album was kind of like, eh. especially after him coming off of those um, two first uh, dreams and uh, was it dreams and night? Not is it was dream chases mixtape jumps. What the fuck is the name of that mixtape series? I'm 
I don't sit here and act like I don't got a fucking phone in my hand. Let me act like I got some sense. Um, what the fuck was the name of them? Yeah, Dream Chasers. So after he came behind Dream Chasers one and two, um, the Dreams and Nightmare album was kind of it was it was it was okay. But this album is better than this album is better than Dreams and Nightmares, and this album is better than Dreams worth more than money. Because I feel like Meek was doing what he was supposed to. Like he came, he fucking what 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 the girls say. Meek understood. He understood the assignment. He came and he delivered. He gave you classic Meek shit. The shit you like from Meek, you like that hyper rah-rah shit. He gave you that. He gave you that shit a couple times. And then he gave you that, let me find like the smooth hip-hop rapidy rap beats and let me talk for my soul on this motherfucker. So I feel like what else could you look for from him on this shit? Even he even gave you another R&B joint. He did a joint with him and Kalani. Of course, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I get why he did it because it's the follow-up behind the joint with him and her. He seen how well that did for him. That's some shit. If y'all remember, he said he learned that from Nikki. Nikki was like, yeah, you can do all the street, you can do all the street shit with ease, but you need to make sure you make on every album, you need to make sure you make a song for the girls so the radio can pick up that. The streets are going to pick whatever they want and they're going to listen to it, but you have to cater to the women for the radio. And I just remember him saying that shit on, I forgot what interview it was, but he said that's some shit that Nikki told him. And he he continuously has done that even since him and Nikki have broken up. He always makes sure he got an R&B song on every album. So I understand that song. Like I said, I'm not an R&B nigga, so that song was a skip for me. But it still was a um it still was a good ass project. Like only my my beefs out of this shit. Okay, real quick. The hot joint with him and Moneybag Yo. Moneybag Yo has been on a hell of a run 2021. But yeah, Moneybag Yo can't swim with that level of. I mean, you kind of seen that with the remix of the Wakishi Joan. Of course, that's Lil Wayne, so that's we're not even going. I'm not expecting Moneybag Yo to be able to hold his shit with Lil Wayne. But I get how street niggas think they can fuck with Meek Mills right now. And don't get it twisted. Lil Dirk kind of lost his mind on the fucking Joan, on the, um, the voice in the hero with him and Meek and Baby. But. I think Meek kind of remembered, let me spin the block on all you niggas one more time. And he tapped that ass. When we talk about verses, he tapped that ass. He motherfucking wrapped his shit off on his hat song with him and Moneybag Yo. Moneybag Yo did cool, but you could kind of see the levels of tear of rapper when niggas be having songs together. And Meek Mills proved that he is still top tier when it come to rapping about some street shit. He definitely went crazy on that hat joke with him and Moneybag Yo. The North Side, South Side joke to me would have been a instant fucking heat maker if he did not put this uk nigga on here i don't know who the fuck the gibbs nigga is and i don't give a fuck why do niggas keep i drake i get how drake try to finesse it with the playlist shit and he try to meek you should have learned from drake fuck that nigga because this song don't even have a star on it like why would you you put him on here for what what you thought he was gonna help you get your uk shit up and which he might have did because i'm sure the gigs nigga got he obviously if drake did a song with him he got to be somebody in the uk but just for us purposes in the united states of america i'm cool on the nigga bro you didn't have to put this nigga on here like no i did not need him he fucked the entire song up like and, and i don't have no dj equipment so i can like when i'm listening to this shit i can't just like I, of course i can skip the song but it's just like i completely want to just take that part off because i want the hook to come back in the song is really that fucking good meek mills really went crazy like crazy crazy on that north side south side like, i really wish he would have put the baby on there he had to put the baby on there nigga that shit would have been out of here I'm talking about out of here, out of here. Like the nigga, oh my God. Like that shit, any city they got that North South or South Side in it, man, you could have played that shit in any club in America. And don't get me wrong, if you're a good DJ, you can still play it. But you just take the fucking UK nigga shit out. But it's just, I, for my listening purposes, that shit threw me off. Um, 
my only other critique where it kind of blew me and we can um is the uh the me jump with asap ferg and, and the reason my beef with it is it's a cool song but i felt like it would have been a way better song if he would have put bia on it and go listen to it and you'll see what i'm saying like he mentions her even on the song he kind of take her flow with the um with that what's that little um walking into the bodega i don't know whatever put on some but whatever the fuck that shit is she did on that fucking um whole lot of money that little flow that she do and then she even saying her name with a bia bia like they doing it in the song like damn you y'all just gonna rip this fucking girl off and like we just supposed to be like this shit is fire no nigga you should have put her on there let her do the hook and gave her a verse and that song would have been fire and i'm and that would be my beef sometimes with niggas just like nobody in your i'm not even gonna just put the beef just on me i'm gonna even put it on niggas in his camp nobody sit here and say bro put b on this shit it only makes sense like i'm listening to the song and i'm like why he just ain't put her on here like you got it ain't like you trying to do an album without features nigga you got enough features on here you could have put her on that song and that would have made that song perfect like that would be my only critique on that song it was just like and two more songs i want to talk about then we can we can uh switch gears um the angels jump basically in parentheses rp Lil snoop and i fuck with how personal meek got with that um because a, a lot of niggas especially when you can make this a relatable uh topic a lot of us you you lose friends or um loved ones and then it's like for the moment it's cool you post them on your insta story you might get a t-shirt made if that's what just your, your um area is on and, and even some people you might get chains made or whatever the case may be and then after time is and this has been some years i'm sure i don't know the exact number of many years but i'm gonna go out on a limb and say it might have been like five or seven years now since little snoop has passed and you can still and meek is still talking like this shit happened yesterday like he even him going through his thought patterns like it still bother him did nobody got a chance or he didn't get a chance to do something to little Sno- the nigga who killed little snoop even though it was a family member of little snoops he still feels some type of way about it and i'm sure at that time when it happened it probably ate meek up even more because meek wasn't as big of an artist as he is now i'm sure he was even way closer to um dealing with street niggas and doing street shit on a you know what i'm saying because he wasn't as a big a star at that time and that's probably even why he couldn't have the, you know, he couldn't probably even afford to even kind of move little Snoop how he probably really wanted to even move him. So I know that that is just, I fuck with how he still holds on to that motion and be able to really get that shit off where you can feel like, damn, I can feel he really still dealing with that death. And it's something that still bothers him to this day, seven or five. I, I'm anywhere between five or seven years later. I might, I'm just probably say seven years later, he's still dealing with that and be able to put that emotion. And I think that's some shit that why a nigga's always going to love meek for being meek because he can when he puts his mind to it and really put his heart into that shit and you can kind of hear that pain in his voice that's something meek do to niggas you can't buy that like you can't buy that pain and that pressure when niggas hear you and they just touch them a different way to make you be like damn like you can always listen to like a good meek mill song you're gonna squint your face up like that real hip-hop shit where you be like mm, yeah oh this nigga going crazy he talking that shit like really make you want to ball your face and your fists up like yeah this nigga going crazy meek always give you that fucking feeling and i and that's why just if you actually love like rapping shit and niggas really rapping rapping you gonna always have a space in it in your heart or on your top whatever list for meek mills because he does that shit very well like i said closing this fucking uh meek mills conversation out uh shout out to fucking brent files brent files is a dmv native for all of us who live here in the dmv and you heard that crew song a million times you probably like brent files as well um and he definitely he 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 did his thing on this joint with me it's called halo i'm just gonna play the clip of it and i'm gonna close this out we're gonna move on to something else 
said I just wear a halo Cause I already know too many angels Said I just wear a halo Cause I already know too many angels Nah, like that voice and just that, bro, should I just wear a halo because I know too many angels? Like, I'm going to close it out on that one. That nigga, yeah. This Meek Mills is Spencer Page. And if you haven't listened to it yet, I hope that I'd have fucking negotiated you and talked you into really wanting to get that shit a chance. Like, get that shit a fair listen. And I, I just challenge all of y'all. Listen to those first two songs and doing something active towards your health this week. Just those first two songs. You can do, you can listen to the rest of the album wherever you want. But those very first two songs... I challenge y'all to try to do some push-ups, go get a couple miles in or something, and really tell me how you, I guarantee you, if you find some workout activity to do this week and listen to those first two songs, you will appreciate those two songs a hundred times more than you did just trying to catch a feel in it in your fucking headphones in the house. Because I was considering getting me too. I think let's be real, okay? I considered getting the tiniest little bit. You did, but then I just got in the gym and I got it anyway. I told her, I said, You want a butt? One thing your mother know how to do is build a butt. Exactly. And, and you, you built did. it. But you I really... To I, the point that people thought you got surgery. You no, know, you're right. I just feel like there's always been so much more pressure on women yeah. to look a certain way. It is. You know, it's all about youth. So for somebody like me, the struggle has been extremely real. Like, I had Botox, and then you get to the point where how much are you going to do? But then it almost becomes addictive. So so with that conversation, uh, I get it. And it's kind of like, uh, I guess, I haven't said no gay shit in a minute, so I can give myself a pause um, on this one. I. I, I wonder do I sometimes even just as a man and when it's just like you you can if when you do get into that rabbit hole of chasing a look it does become addictive so when I say that just for me like especially for people who personally know me I have an infatuation with just like my stomach area it's nothing else like I, I if I didn't give a fuck about having abs or no shit like that bro I would probably have some of the fucking hugest arms back and chest that you ever fucking seen because gaining the, like the muscle and the weight that's the easy shit because that shit don't come down from just eating a lot and lifting a lot of weights that shit is easy the hard part is getting to get your stomach small and to still try to gain size so like so that's why for me it's just like that shit to me is science and I always take my hat off at motherfuckers who have achieved that look um but it's just it, it's a it's a very scary rabbit hole to go down sometimes though it's just like you have to be very careful with it and kind of be conscious on just like she just said on how far you are willing to go because it does become very addictive and and again it kind of and that can tie back into the um the shit the song that they just put out real quick and realistically and it, it it is like a um a tiktok social media friendly type of song if you got a little butt poke it out because I mean, it's a lot of women with smaller butts than it is bigger. Of course, I mean, it, and realistically, when, much as we look at social media, it seems like everybody is getting uh, BBLs and all this other shit done, but not necessarily, um, not necessarily everybody. But it do become, it's just like, it's easy to get caught in that rabbit hole. It's easy to start comparing yourself to other motherfuckers. And that's why you see so many people continuously getting shit done because beauty is going to fade. 
And that's just like, and the, the uh, grandmother said she didn't had, you know, she'd have had fucking Botox or whatever the case may be. Because if you get into that rabbit hole of trying to um, look a certain way, you're going to always find something that you want to change. And that's just, and that's even me just being honest with my fitness journey. I go back and look at like old videos that may pop up on Facebook and it was just like, damn, I used to be able to curl 60 pounds. And sometimes I'd be wondering like, damn, what if I never would have gave a fuck about, um, trying to get abs, I could have just kept building from there. And for motherfuckers like bros, curling 60 pounds, ain't that shit ain't no fucking shit you just sneeze at. Like that's just kind of like some OD shit. And even at that time I was taking fucking uh, creatine. And I could just look at the video like I'm bulky as shit. It's not no defined to the shit. It's just bulky, but I'm just strong as a motherfucker. But that's just going like going to GNC. And for people who ever been, if you ever been on any type of fucking health journey and you can think about going into GNC to buy one fucking thing, and I guarantee you, you go in that bitch and you can walk out easily in GNC and spend like two to three hundred dollars. And you probably went literally went in there just to get some vitamins. And I and I just and I know that's just a factual thing because I've had that conversation with so many different people um, in my journey. Just like especially even meeting women that work out or even other niggas. And when it's new to you, you kind of like bro, niggas in GNC know how to sell you anything and they sell it to you on such a dumb level because none of them, they none of those no nine times out of ten in most GNCs, none of those people look intimidating like when i say look intimidating i mean like they're not super big they're not super strong so it's kind of like you might evaluate their pink they look like a regular person so them telling you what's the you know the benefits of these products it's a lot easier to sell because you kind of not going in there like oh this nigga look like the rock he takes steroids i ain't listening to this nigga opinion they look just like normal motherfuckers who may work out um so just with that being said i get it and i would just tell anybody just and that's a woman or man be careful with that shit. Just be careful with whatever you like. And I guess I think I even had a quote for myself um, that I put in my phone. It's just like, make sure whatever you are doing to make yourself happy is just not a temporary thing. And when I say that, I mean that even with dating, because I do feel like a lot of people right now are dating motherfuckers um, just for a temporary fix. It's just, it's temporarily um, keeping you happy. And you can just see that, like, when if you can sit here and say, let me look at the last five people I dated, right? And if you feel like all of those people are all over the place, like, just look-wise, um, personality-wise, and all that shit, it's kind of let you know, like, you really don't got no boss set for yourself. Your standards of what make you happy is kind of, like, it's weird a little bit because it's just, like, how can five different types of people make you happy? You, you get what I'm saying? It's like, because if my standard of what I find like um, entertaining or enjoyable, it won't jump around the place. Nine times out of 10, you ask somebody, what's their top? And I'm gonna tell you how, and this, to make it even make more sense for you. You think about if you ask somebody, what's their top five favorite rappers, right? Nine times out of 10, those five people are gonna make sense to you. Even, and, and for, even for me, it, it, it just, I always, I kind of fuck up because sometimes I, I do really love Nicki Minaj, but she's not going to realistically be in my top five. So when I even tell people my top five, I always forget about Nicki. Um, but let me just say, so let's say it's Wayne, Jeezy. Like, like that's my 1A, 1B. So I always put them as one if I'm typing it out. Two would be, uh, now it'll be Drake. Three would be Future. Four would be old Gucci, Jay-Z. Five would probably be like 50 Cent and Meek Mills. All of those people are like, even most of them have songs together. Most of them make sense on paper. You kind of like they. It kind of makes sense. Like, oh, you like Jeezy? Of course, you you should like some form of Gucci. 
Jay-Z, 50 Cent. Yeah, some, okay, that makes sense. Fucking Drake and Future. Yeah, it's, it's like, you get what I'm saying? It makes sense. It's not all over the place where I'm like, oh, I like Jeezy, I like J. Cole, I like Kendrick, I like fucking Demigos. Like, no, because that shit wouldn't make sense. Like, if I show up, I ask my little brother what his top five is, I can just offer the whim just because it's my brother. I know he loved J. Cole, he loved Kendrick Lamar. Um, fucking schoolboy Q. Like, that's his shit. Like, you getting a call with my younger brother. My younger brother is six years younger than me. And this nigga is going to fucking play all of that old head shit. Like, my niece probably can rap you some fucking biggie shit off of life or death. Like, my brother's one of them type of, like, purest hip-hop type of niggas. But he's going to keep his pocket. His shit ain't going to go. Now, don't get it twisted. What he will listen to, he'll still listen to some of the younger shit because he is younger. But what he's at, what is his top five, it's, it ain't too far away. And my middle brother's the same way. Like, his shit, is, it's all going to be in a similar pocket. So how realistically are you saying you're dating on some happiness shit? Like, you're trying to be happiness, but your dating palette is all over the place. It don't make sense. So just think about that for a second. And, and just, um, can I give myself, just that breakdown, let me give myself a round of a fucking applause. I think I'm going to try to get me a radio job. I'm going to use this, like, what's this shit called, an air tape? I'm going to go get in some emails and figure out how you get a job at the radio, because it's just like, this, uh, I, I just, sometimes I got to stroke my own fucking ego, like, nah, nigga, you job like, nice, nice. I'm not even going to hold you. Um, <laughs> But anyway, get back into it. So this fucking video of fucking Rennie Rucci getting proposed to by uh, Fujiano, while he's in prison, he proposed to her. Like, so he got, I don't know how the shit was set up, whatever the case may be, but the video that you see on social media is like some edible arrangement, some flowers, and then it's a fucking ring. This shit blow me in so many ways, for one, because Rini Rucci is a beautiful woman. Like, beautiful. And I don't know if she got any enhancements done or nothing, because you can, she just, uh, she got kind of like some lunch lady arms. So I'm not about to sit here and make it like, I don't know if her, her, her shit might be real. I don't know. I, I just, I probably need to go look real quick, but it's just, for my point in general is she's a beautiful woman. And it's kind of like, this is settling. This nigga got sentenced for five years. Like y'all couldn't even been together for that long. Cause I remember me just recently getting in, introduced to her like sometime in 2020 on lip service on Angela Lee podcast for people who don't know, Angela, you got a, po a sex podcast. She was just dating some nigga who played for the Carolina Panthers. Cause she is originally from North Carolina. Um, so it's just like, how and why like why even set yourself up? and of course you can't tell people how to love and what how somebody makes you feel that all of that shit is cool finding danny but i just feel like when you become especially with women and especially with rap I, and that's even kind of my beef with nikki that shit is kind of like i mean ugh, it, it's a little distasteful because it's just like you, I don't want to say a role model for younger women, but it's kind of like you are a certain extent. And the sad thing is, for some of these women now, with just the popularity of social media, you're not even a role model just for younger women. You're a role model for um some of these older women as well. And that shit is a little bit disgusting. So I'm, I can't make you be like the fucking um the cult leader for for motherfuckers in their relationship. But just you settling for a nigga in jail, like he just got sentenced as fast. So let's just say if he been in there for a year and some change, now what he got three and some more. Like why are you sitting here even setting yourself up and having a flourishing co commercial and being tied to a nigga locked up like on some regular deadbeat shit? Like that shit is weird. Like this nigga ain't no come up for you. He don't even have a song that nobody give a fuck about. So it ain't like he about to like this nigga could come home and need you. Like, that's weird. Like, like, come on, bro. Like, that shit to me is just, that shit is just weird. And I guess, like I said, I don't know because I maybe I just ain't never loved nobody like that. But that shit is just kind of like, ugh, that shit is so fucking distasteful. It's just like, bro, as a woman, why you want to even settle for some shit like that? Why do you want your shit attached to making that type of commitment and you have such a flourishing career? You just basically locked yourself into some bullshit. That's just like signing a bad fucking record deal. 
Like, what the fuck? Why would I do that? Why would I knowingly go sign a bad contract? Like, ain't nothing but telling you that this nigga about to come home and have a flourishing career. Like, he was signed to 1017. He had the same chance to be big as Pooh Shiesty. He's not. He wasn't. Like, niggas were like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, they always on that same tape, and niggas flocked to Pooh Shiesty. Them, them breakout songs for Pooh Shiesty was on the same project that this nigga was on, and it didn't work for him. I'm not just on, on that type of business shit. I'm not wouldn't do it. Like, I'm not about to lock myself in. Like, no, you are a beautiful woman. Why the fuck are you settling for a nigga in jail? Like I said, maybe I'm just the wrong person to judge from this shit, but I seen a lot of women in the comments. And that's why I'm like, with certain shit, when I feel like this is women business, let me try to catch. And a lot of women was in the fucking comments on the shade room. Like, nah, bitch, you could you could wait on that one. You could have probably like, this nigga ain't like that. And he's not one of those. He ain't no handsome nigga that bitches is dying to be with. Like, no, a lot of women was like, nah, sis, you could do better. You can, if you want to rekindle that shit, kindle it when he come home. But you sat on a proposal from this nigga from jump. Like, no, he ain't. All right, whatever. Just that that shit was just very like I'm I'm cool on that. That shit doesn't make no sense. And I feel like and like I said, I guess I'm I'm being a hypocrite because who am I to judge um who somebody loves and you don't know how that person makes um them feel. And with speaking on that shit, let me find this um this fucking clip from the fucking reel and, and I can kinda tie that in where we can make this sound like a good segue. Should there be limits placed on gifts in your relationship when you are not married? <laughs> Last year, last season, Lonnie and I were talking about don't act married if you're not married. This is acting married. That's a huge gift to someone that you're not even dating. I mean, you're not even married to. I feel like if a man gave me 28 whatever acres, I would feel obligated to stay with them if it didn't work. Would you accept that kind of gift from a man? Would I accept it? But that's what I'm saying. Should there be limits placed on gifts in your relationship? All right. So, um... With, with that one now after just bad for okay for, after bad dating experiences and buying um ridiculous gifts i totally agree with that statement but i'm going i'm going to say tell you what uh, money bag yo and ari said first and then i'm gonna get into my real thoughts on that not with fancy hating on my gift um and ari says y'all mad at the jewelry and cars and this generational wealth is taking it too far people will always have something to say no matter what Love is minding your business. Um, and then I think she had another joke. Where I think I seen her saying, y'all don't never know the shit that he do for me, the way he makes me feel secure in different manners and this, that, and the third. And, and, and where I guess where I agree with them on the, the certain gifts you shouldn't buy for, even and not even just gifts. I, I tied this and I said this on here a million times. We're just taking trips and having different experiences. I just don't want to be all over the places with uh, my experiences and my uh just certain shit you can't get back because then you're going to feel like, and let's just say that, let's be realistically, I'm sure, especially just from even communicating with a lot of y'all via DM or whatever the case may be, we all have had horrible dating experiences where it has us with a little bit of pullback on certain shit we won't do. Like some women may not never talk to a broke nigga no more because you try to take care of one before and help him and then this shit didn't work in your favor, right? For men, we we all have probably and especially if you actually really love the woman and you can afford to do it you you have had some level of tricking where you went out of your way and done so much for this woman wait because you thought like y'all was gonna be together you thought this may be your wife or the woman or your you know what i'm saying like you really just was going above and beyond just od doing shit because the play you was playing for was marriage and then when this shit don't work it leaves a bit of taste in your mouth so it's just like when you're moving on now you're moving on like 
walking on eggshells on what you really would do or what you're willing to do for somebody when realistically it shouldn't be that way but it is because you kind of already cut yourself short and it don't matter if you can do it again because i'm sure any woman if you can afford to most of us if we single and you live in the house by yourself you can afford for somebody to come in and live with you because you already pay all your bills by yourself right but you still don't mean you want to do it it doesn't mean that you still don't have that thought pattern of how you felt when that last motherfucker did you wrong and you can kind of tie gifts into that same way but i do agree with ari where it's like them fucking acres probably didn't even cost as much as the fucking Maybach I bought this nigga. You feel me? Like, she bought him 28 acres in Memphis. Like, come on, bro. Like, how much I think that shit really costs? I'm pretty sure the price of that fucking Maybach and them fucking acres is damn near the same thing. And don't get me wrong, though. I do feel like the value of the gift, the thought of that 28 acres is way more thoughtful than just going to buy somebody a car or a bag or whatever the case may be. So... And I'm sure realistically, they're not planning to cheat on each other. And I think when you have that level of money, your relationship can work as long as you got discipline. Because it's not nothing else that you you don't have that. Um, The grass can't get green on the other side. Like, and it, the, I don't mean, of course, I might guess sex could maybe get better. But just like material shit, shit that people can do for you. And it can't get no better. It's going to be the same shit. I even think, and the crazy thing is, um. It's funny, and I meant to say this. Meek had a verse on one of them songs on the new album where he was like, "Uh, yeah, her nigga, whatever that new nigga, he might be a little bit more richer, but he ain't lit. He ain't as he not lit. Like he ain't. And those things, and for some people, that shit matter. He and he told her, he was like, take take your time, shorty. I get it. Live and and live it and, and learn it and understand. You gonna come back because after a while, and this goes kind of even ties back into what I was saying about just the making the place for what's gonna make you happy in the long term." Because if you kind of know, like, all right, yeah, after a while, after you get a certain amount of gifts and you get all that, that shit is eventually going to get old. So if that shit really ain't what's making you happy inside, you kind of going to be like, nah, I missed my fun person. Or I missed the person I can just conversate about anything. Fuck all this other shit. And that's what, and, when, and hearing little shit like that, and I like hearing that from Meek, because Meek feel like, yeah, I might not be as rich as like, um, the, the, what's the two owner niggas he hang with the Patriots nigga or the 76ers niggas but them niggas ain't gonna make you they ain't gonna turn you up like I'm gonna turn you up they still ain't me and even in his song he said something about I forgot when he was saying something about like uh I be in a room with the billionaires but they fuck with me because they know I got um cultural currency and and, to, and realistically if you understand business you do understand that cultural uh currency is a lot more than how much money somebody has because you can sell more shit perfect example is Cardi B that's why Pepsi and all these other big ass fucking companies get in bed with Cardi so fast because Cardi has a lot of cultural currency. So that shit makes sense. So it's just even when it go tying that shit into dating, it's just like you can't get caught up into the small things because that like and, and gifts and shit like that. Maybe for some people it's not small. Maybe that is your love language. But how for how long do you think it's going to be your love language? Like if you're in your thirties right now, are you plan? Are you trying to think ahead? Because a lot of y'all, especially women, y'all like to plan ahead for so many other things. Are you thinking right now in your fifties? Are your love language when? Perfect example. What, what is I just said? I said this already. My mom got um fucking uh what is that shit gout. My mother like sixty something, late sixties or closer closer to seventy this year, sixty. Right? Do you think right now her love language at this old age and having like health problems and shit like that? You think? her fucking love language will be somebody fucking buying her a bag no it's gonna be somebody fucking riding with her to the fucking doctors like and those little things is just like do you play that shit out in your head or do it just continuously like 
whatever Instagram. And, and let me tie that into how do y'all feel today? Instagram was down for six hours, right? Of course, I stay on Twitter anyway. From people who listen, y'all know I spend a lot of my time just promoting on Twitter and um and just building up my audience on there instead of Instagram because it's actually just I, I feel like sending people an actual link. Like it just worked. It worked for me with a million other things. So I'm just gonna stick to what worked for me, right? And that's where I'm comfortable with. So that's why I stay on it. But I seen how many people just was losing their shit. And then niggas had their little jokes where it was just like, I'm not a fan of niggas making jokes about people who make money off of Instagram and like, hi, 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 y'all Instagram influencers will make your money now. Like that's some hating shit for real. I'm not a fan of that shit. But a funny thing I did see a nigga say, a nigga was just like, damn, Instagram down. How y'all bitches feel about y'all BBLs now? And and it, it that was funny, but it was kind of like, do you think about it? Is that something that was that a a small happiness compared to what a long term happiness? Because if there was no Instagram, would you be thinking twice about getting a BBL? Because realistically, we've been seeing motherfuckers with lunch lady arms and regular built women my entire life. Literally, I think two out of my my mother's side of family is oh, maybe close to ten women, right? maybe two of them got work done so two out of ten so that's eight women that i've just seen regular ass women my entire life if there was no social media i never would have seen that shit. if y'all ever been into a, a lower end strip club like when i was coming up and i was throwing parties at strip clubs maybe like three of the fucking girls had fucking their work done one was black china one was lola monroe and a fucking and a mutual friend of theirs three that's three motherfuckers out of at that time, it was maybe four big hole in the wall strip clubs. Like they were hole in the walls, but they were big popular strip clubs that people funk. So three women, each more on a Friday, Saturday night is giving maybe forty fucking women in there dancing, and each one of these spots. So you talking about one hundred or twenty women is three women who got their body done at that time. Like, so now you get on social media, and at that time, those women stood out. And, and that's what one of the things that helped fucking Lola become so popular because she had an actual natural beauty, fuck, a beautiful fucking face. I remember when me and my brother used to be like, and that's so crazy that I, how times change. I used to be a stand for Lola. I used to be like, oh, she better than Nikki and some more shit. Of course, that was like, I don't even want to go back down there. That was a dumbass conversation that we used to have. I can't believe I literally used to argue that she was better than Nicki Minaj. But that's just, I used to do it. That's how hard, like, that was really my friend first. So I was going to ride for her. Um. But just anyway, just get, but just look at how that played out where it's like, now it's just like, you can't even go into a strip club now where it's not a bunch of women with fake bodies. But just think about if Instagram really could never upload again, how many decisions are you making right now off of trying to impress motherfuckers on Instagram? I'm not even gonna say social media because Twitter doesn't have that type of shit. It ain't no like, and I, and I feel like Facebook is kind of where more grown motherfuckers really getting their shit off at, like, like conversational wise. They like people on Facebook actually want to have debates and conversations with motherfuckers um but on twitter you, you wouldn't be able to show that shit off so if there was no instagram would you realistically make a lot of the decisions that you make right now for temporary happiness or likes or comments because if all i ever seen was just regular women built regular bodies whatever the case may be whatever life is giving you whatever you eat and you eat and it is what it is would you be changing for that shit just let that shit sink in and think about it. Like that literally that six hours, like I was just literally, and you even go, if you on Instagram right now and just go look at certain shit. I seen a John where offset posted, damn, I just really figured out I was addicted to Instagram. And that shit is just kind of weird. Like what was you doing today? 
and I'm sure a lot of, some of y'all might have just been working, so you didn't even pay attention that it was down. By the time you got off of work, Instagram was back. By the time you woke up this morning, it was on, and then by the time you got off of work, it was back fixed. But for those six hours of motherfuckers who literally just sit on Instagram all day, that shit was just like a drought. Like, damn, ain't no good weed in the town. Ain't no coke, no nothing. It's a drought. And that's how niggas was acting like it was a real live drought. Like niggas was panicking over that shit. And that's just so weird to me how much emphasis niggas put on social media. And me and my friends, we was having a conversation like, damn, how many people businesses would be fucked up if Instagram literally just wouldn't come back, right? And that's just a thought pattern for me. It was just like, shit, nigga, I ain't gonna hold you. I'd be happy as shit for real because, nigga, I'd be charging niggas the most outrageous prices to go outside and beat the streets and put up posters and shit like that. Because before Instagram was a popular thing, that's what niggas had to do. And for people who know me, niggas, I used to tax niggas to go put out their flyers, posters and neighborhoods that niggas were scared to go in. That's just what I did. I'm three or four o'clock in the morning. I'm in whatever neighborhood, whatever, what you got, pop, boom, boom, here we go. And I'm going to tax you for that. But now in 2021, nigga, the tax prices will even be even higher for that. Especially if I know there's no social media, because you got to think about it. This time it was still Twitter and some and shit like that. And most like old school promoters who really used to be trappers and became promoters, so that was how they was cleaning their money up. They didn't know how to. They probably most of them thought they were too cool to pass off flies, and some of them just didn't know how to even do it. And then a lot of them didn't know how to use Twitter, so that social media shit was never enough, even an option for them. They would pay niggas to do that shit. So I'm just thinking of like how many motherfuckers really just put all their eggs in one basket you literally just put all of your business and priorities just on social media you build up that one platform and you didn't think about let me let me get my youtube shit popping let me get this 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 let me generate this other shit where it's only that and motherfuckers only checking you right there if that shit was done then what and, and literally going back to that joke, if you literally just got your body fixed so you can look sweet on Instagram, if that shit disappeared tomorrow, now what? Just think about that certain shit. It's just certain shit. You got to make sure you're making yourself happy for the long term and not just because would you realistically just kind of keep it on the BBO? Would you spend $10,000 or however much you're paying to get your shit done for just the attention of that one nigga that you fucking right now? I'm going to say no, because I know females. I got female friends who are in relationships dealing with niggas, but still have the urge to send nudes to me because you still looking for a different, um, you, you, you looking realistically for a different type of validation. You spent that money. You want of, you want a different type of nigga to tell you, you look good now. It's not, it's not that nigga. It's not, um, Reginald. They go to work or you, nah, he is again, you want that you want that nigga with some cult some cultural currency to tell you nah you that bitch. That shit hit differently. I pay attention. I pay attention to even how some motherfuckers respond to certain shit in comments. I go look. And it be women even from different places. You might not know a nigga from Adam and Eve, but but cause that nigga got some cultural currency, you gonna get that nigga some kissy faces back when he comment under your shit. You gonna respond a lot differently. Niggas, go look at the comments. When you go put something up under a bitch jump, just watch how she respond to you and watch how she might respond to one other nigga. Uh, that's just free game. Again, let's let's pull out a fucking round of applause for the kid because I'm walking this shit down. Like, in my ego, I was mad last time I talked shit and I did this by myself. I thought I was like two hours in. I was kind of like, damn, I ain't do two hours, nigga. That's pussy shit. Like, nigga, bro, I'm, yeah, we're going to do this tonight. We here. Fuck with me. Right. I get this. Oh, I, I like, can you know, you know, respect my privacy. Once you sign up for this life, there is no privacy. 
and you have to accept it. But if you're on my team and you can't play uh, home games, I don't want you around. Like, we have a chance to win. And if you ain't on the program, go somewhere else, period. Hey, whatever your reasons are, cool with that, but you, we ain't going to be going back and forth for 41 games whether you're going to play or not. Get your out there. Right. Only thing I don't like it is, oh, I, I like, can you, know, you know, respect my privacy? Once you... So for people who don't know what that is, that's Shaq talking about Kyrie Irving. And I'm a, and I, and I, and I'm a, I'm never going to be high on Kyrie because Kyrie was on the team with fucking LeBron and they came back 3-1. So that's just how I, I'm going to forever have a little place in my heart for Uncle Drew. And Uncle Drew get busy. And after LeBron said that, the, the Nets definitely was posting some practices. Um, And Kyrie is, the boy is nasty. That nigga handles is ridiculous. Like nigga, like nah, he different. But anyway, for uh, everybody listening, if Kyrie misses, let's say if he misses however many games per game because they are not going to pay any players who miss games for not off of non, you know, because they didn't get um, didn't get the fucking vaccine shot, they will not get game checks. So he can basically miss up to three hundred eighty-one thousand dollars per game he does not play. Bro, any nigga willing to stand and hold their nuts on something like that, you have to kind of get a different level of respect for them. Like, bro, you listen to what I'm saying. For all of us regular working people that I'm speaking to right now, if it's a millionaires listening, shout outs to y'all. Find a way to cut me a check. Let me run some fucking ads for y'all on this motherfucker or something. But, bro, $381,000 a game. And if in home games he played for the Nets in their situation, like you, if you can't in New York period, if he played for the Nets or the Knicks, he would not be able to um, play in that building in those buildings at all if he's um, not vaccinated, right? So three hundred eighty-one thousand a game, bro. For what's that? Thirty-one games. I don't want to do the math on that. Shit. I don't even think I got to calculate on this phone no more. But that's a lot of them fucking money anyway. Like y'all can do the math, right? That's a shitload of bread. So for Kyrie to stand and hold his nuts on that right now, I kind of got a different type of respect for Kyrie. And, and the reason why I do, because guess what? Andrew Wiggins folded like a motherfucking lawn chair. He was popping that shit literally like two weeks ago. Oh, I ain't doing this, this, my whatever. Yeah, that nigga folded. He will, And they made that announcement like earlier today. Andrew Wiggins will be playing a full NBA season. So you know what that means. He went and got that motherfucking shoddy heen, buddy. Yeah. So, um. It just that shit is different, bro. Like, yeah, you gotta get your hats to respect the Kyrie for holding his nuts on that shit. Shaq be talking that flash shit, but it's like, nigga, you retired now. I hear you now, but hey, it is what it is. They ain't gonna trade them. I know what they won't do. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Guess what the Nets is not gonna do? Them niggas. Guess what they not playing at? They not practicing in fucking New York right now. They practicing in San Diego. Cause you know why? Cause Kyrie Irving is like that for real. If you know shit about basketball, guess what the Brooklyn Nets will not be doing this year? They will be motherfucking allowing Kyrie Irving to do whatever the fuck he want. And and it is what it is. They're going to deal with that motherfucking uh, home game shit when it comes playoff time. But right now, no, no, man, they're not trading that nigga. You're going to trade him where? And then do what with the Lakers come June? Nothing. You might not even make it to see the Lakers in June if you trade Kyrie. Let's be fucking for real. Um, Yeah, so with that being said, oh, yeah, and for people who are really, y'all know what time it is. Preseason right now, I think the first game start October 18th. Go Lakers. I'm going out on a limb saying we 62 and 20. If I think it is it's 82 games again, if it's 82 games, I'm going to say 62 and 20. If it's 72, 62 and 10. We, well, however you shape it, we're going 60, we getting 62 wins and we're going to win the whole thing. You feel me? Um, yeah. Shout outs to fucking Summer Walker. Summer Walker, she did some flash shit, to be honest. Um, she teased an album release at the, um, 
at the foot at the Atlanta at the Atlanta Falcons football game, her and her new boo. Now, see, I, I come on here a lot of times and say like shit that I would go for if I was fucking with a rich woman, right? But I don't know, and and, and it's it's cool the way Summer Walker doing it right now because she can get away with taking pictures with the nigga because they out in public and they got to wear a fucking mask. So she kind of really finessing it. Nobody, I don't know who this nigga is because he wears the mask and he wear the hat. So you can't really like nobody can't. I don't know who the fuck he is, and I don't never see people like under the comments saying I don't think nobody know who he is. But she's out in public and it's just like I don't know if I can rock for that. Like it's like she's posting her nigga. She posting posting them. But you still don't know who he is. That's kind of hard. But I wouldn't go. I don't know if I can go for that one. Fuck that bitch. You want to let me show my face one time? Um. But yeah, what did she do? Hold on, let me read this shit. Okay, yeah. So Summer Walker got two jerseys from Atlanta Falcons and one with her name on it and the number seven, and the other one says Hard Drive, and then with the number five. So basically, I guess her album is coming out. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Atlanta Hogan with her name on it, number seven. So what's seven five? What the fuck? How? Oh, I'm maybe I'm slow. Hold on. And some fans try to piece the information together. There, rather than this Walker's upcoming album, which may be titled Hard Drive, and it will be released on November fifth. That date will match up with Summer's previous uh admission that the album will be dropping on next the next thirty days. Okay, so cool. I'm not I'm not a huge. Don't get me wrong. That that Summer Walker album is um. That last album was hard. I'm not even gonna hold you. Like I, that shit was hard. So I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm not a fan. But of course, y'all know my stance on the R&B shit. But I'm still gonna listen to it. I definitely will come on here, and if it's, if it's worth the deep dive, I'll definitely give up a deep dive on that situation. So shout out to Summer Walker for doing that. That's hard. Um, and matter of fact, let's get on some numbers. Let's talk numbers. And I kind of don't know how I feel about this because I, I. Uh, so Meek Mills, of course, he dropped his project. We already talked about that. So in this, and it is slated to either the projections for this album will be eighty-five to ninety-five thousand. Um, the first week sales, which is not bad, but I kind of wonder, like, is it bad to a certain extent? Because it's just like, damn, bro, you went missing for like three. You ain't dropped the album in like three or four years. Of course, he put out the little EPs. He put out little songs here and there. But to actually put out an album, the album that you was like going, you know, on promo runs and promoting and, and people, if you should, like, if you were really a Meek Mills fan, go watch that um, Meek Mills interview with Million Dollars Worth of Game. I, and the reason why I appreciate that, I'm not a huge fan of Million Dollars Worth of Game, but I do respect that Meek went and did an interview with some Philly niggas. Wallow and Gilly are from Philly and Wallow and I mean, Gilly and Meek have their own relationship from eat from even when Meek first started like rapping like they like. <sighs> He even tell a cool story on that joint when he was talking about how like um even trying to book time and at that time Gilly was you know like Gilly was more of a relevant rapper than Meek was and Gilly was booking up all the sessions so then Meek you know figured out his shit and just paid the engineer to leave that studio they had their own stories but then not even just me listening to it it was kind of cool to like know that Wallow and Meek had their own relationship outside of Gilly and it sounds like their relationship is a lot more personal on a up to date day to day type of situation um. But it was cool, and it, it was just even that. In, I fuck with that interview because Meek was getting into a lot of details on uh, just him being locked up. And for people who don't know, Wallow has done twenty years, so their relatability and how he was just saying like how different shit he was going through, um, in the jail, and just like different thought patterns of just like um, 
how people was dealing with him and how motherfuckers, you know, it was like tolerating them and shit like that in the joint. Like he, he broke down a lot of different details. I don't want to fucking ruin it cause it's an interview. So I do want motherfuckers to go watch the joint, but it definitely was a good interview. I, I need to finish watching it in the joint, but it definitely was a good joint. And I just appreciate Meek doing something for like, that's where he from. He from Philly. And he, so he did an interview with Philly niggas. I fuck with that. Like I'm always going to be a fan of niggas bigging up their own people instead of trying to let me just all go run to you know the household names of course we all gonna love a good breakfast club interview but still it's just like if you can and you are uh, eligible to give other motherfuckers a chance and an opportunity to help build up their shit because me can't do interviews like that Meek ain't meek has not done an interview probably since his last breakfast club interview when he dropped when he was supposed to drop in 2019 when him and Charlemagne did that sit down so he he hasn't done an interview since then. So that's a minute. You know what I'm talking about? He ain't done an interview in damn near two years and ain't put out an album in three. So that was cool for him to do that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I don't I don't know how niggas should feel about him doing like is eighty five thousand or ninety five thousand is that good? Like if for people who are Meek Mills fans, do y'all feel like that's a good number? Because it's just like fucking. I think uh, NBA YoungBoy about to do what one thirty five. I think or did one thirty five. Some shit like that. Fucking Lil Nas X did one twenty. Like. I don't know. I mean, of course, Meek don't have no single or no shit like that. So it's like you can you can use that as an excuse and it's still for him to do close to ninety five thousand. And that's cool. Even I'm not mad. Regardless, I still fuck with the album. But it was just kind of me looking at the numbers just on some business shit. I was kind of thinking like, damn, I still think he got it. But has he missed his mark where it's like coming down? Cause I think his highest numbers ever was a uh, two fifty. And that was when him and Nikki was in a relationship. And that's the benefits of being in a high profile relationship with a megastar. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Lil Wayne and fucking Rich the Kid put out a project, and I don't, and I kind of really just don't get me wrong. I know people who listen to it, everybody who listened to it, listened to the entire thing. I think it was like, like, I mean, like 10 or 12 songs on it, and it's not a horrible listen, but it's Rich the Kid, and, and, and that's no knock to him, but it's just like. That ain't the pairing you're looking for for a Lil Wayne jump. But it's cool. Like, if you need something else to listen to after you and you just want something to be like, maybe, like, they got a, the two standout songs on that project for me is Feeling Like Tunchi and um, Bleed. That fucking Bleed jump, yeah, that shit is hard. The Feeling Like Tunchi jump is hard, but that Bleed jump with them and Yo, I mean, uh, YG, that shit is OD. That shit, like, they could have done without YG and put a better blood nigga on there. Like, they should have probably put the game on there. Like, if I'm, Oh shit, they could even put Cardi on there. It's a it's a list of better blood rappers than YG, but I mean I get it. Both like they in the West Coast right now, I guess it makes sense. But and their album sales is horrible. But I don't like I don't know if like do you really for some niggas I wonder like do you, how do you grade that shit because they doing like fifteen thousand. But it's just like I can't hold that against Lil Wayne because Rich the Kid ain't no do numbers type of nigga like I don't know. It ain't no singles off the shit. It's just like they just drop something. Like, hey, we dropping a joint project and most people probably looked at it like. Rich the Kid and Lil Wayne, what? And probably maybe didn't pay no attention. But they, I mean, they got one. So if you if you get tired of listening to whatever else you've been listening to, um, check that shit out. I, I it it was cool. It's this is a random ass clip, and I don't even know how this became a topic, but they did make this a topic on the shade room. I'm gonna play this, and then I'm gonna tell you what the topic was. So, so for people who don't know what that song is, um, it's I Need a Hot Girl from the Hot Boys, right? And the question was, who had the best verse 
out of the hot boys? Was it Manny Fresh, Birdman, BG, Turk, or Lil Wayne? This song came out in 1999. Um, let me let me go through the comments and see what some of these people say, and then we gonna figure. And I'm gonna just tell. For me, I don't, I kind of like how did y'all pick that song out of like that ain't the like the best hot boy song to kind of um. A lot of motherfuckers said Turk. A lot of people said Turk. Some people said Wayne. Some people said B a lot of motherfuckers said Turk. Yeah, I don't know. Like if I if I picked a Hot Boy song, I'm I don't I don't think even how I don't I would never like that's not. I got that even on my gym playlist, but it's not like nah. Like the Hot Boys got some way like I guess commercial wise maybe that might be one of their bigger songs, but. I don't know about that one. I I, I definitely I know they got way harder songs on that fucking album. We gonna debate verses. I don't feel like picking a fucking verse from um. I need a hot girl. <laughs> it's a reasonable conversation, but whatever. A large bird calls the Spirit uh, Airlines flight to burst into flames with a hundred and nine passengers aboard. I should like. I feel like Spirit Airlines can't never catch a break. Like it doesn't matter what they got going on or how they trying to figure out life but bro they just can't catch a break like their press is always bad press like you know how some people be like good press is good press is bad press whatever press is press nah bro every time you hear about some shit about spirit airline that shit is horrible like how the fuck can a fucking bird what, like what the fuck did the bird do fly to the windshield like how the fuck i don't know that shit sound kind of scary and that shit sound like kind of nuts it's just like i can't even picture it because it's almost like no i guess no look, look, i can way i can kind of paint a picture because i'm i wonder if y'all are one of these people like when you're driving right and something is flying up in the windshield and you know the windshield is there to protect you and it's not nothing like crazy like a big ass brick or something it may be like a, a paper like a uh, damn i forget my words like a, a plastic bag or something or a paper plate or something you know what i'm saying like do you jump like thinking it's gonna hit or like even when it started rain like it first like the rain first started pouring down like it rained out of nowhere do you kind of jump a little bit where like or oh, it's just that me just my nerves that bad but i feel like i'm sure a lot of people probably do that sometimes like something fly the window and you know the windshield is right there it's gonna stop it from coming in do you jump because i'm trying to figure out like what kind of bird hit the fucking it said a big bird but like what's a big bird like a fucking hulk like huh you're on a fucking airplane. Like, I'm sure niggas driving a fucking Mack truck not never jumping for shit. Even if a deer running the road, that motherfucker just keeping it moving. Like, what? Like, I don't know. But that shit is just kind of like a weird-ass fucking story for that shit to break. I, I can't put my brain around it, but I kind of tried to make it like, all right, maybe I can get how it can happen. Man, now, he don't need his mama to protect him. He didn't want to got a gun. Pops, it's not like that. Then what's it like, Demetrius? Because right about now, I don't think I want you around my kids no more. So you find a gun and I ain't your child? Is that what you're telling me? No, that's not what he's saying. Don't speak for me, woman. My tongue work fine. Hey, what's going on? Yo, I'm throwing your brother out the house. I found a damn gun. All right, Pops. I'll be out. But y'all gonna be following in my footsteps. What the hell is he talking about? Nothing. Stop all this foolishness, please. Our house is in foreclosure because we're behind on a mortgage. That's why. How's that, Lucille? I just wanted to play that clip. There ain't no reason to play it. I already did my BMF take for the day, but I just wanted to play it. I, again, I mean, I'm here for all black excellent, and I'm here for just a little bit of good ghetto shit anyway. But anyway, while we talking about good ghetto shit, while Lil Boosie was performing on this I Am The Legends tour, for people who don't know, 
is it no is it i am the street some streets legend or some shit like that whatever um and on this tour it is jeezy gucci big me i about to say big meech uh, rick ross uh two chains trina and lil kim and I think that Trina and Lil' Kim dates are spotted. Oh, and Fabulous. But I think, like, on certain dates, Trina do them, certain dates, Lil' Kim do them. But anyway, on, what was that, Friday? They was recording, they was recording, when was they recording fucking, well, they was recording fucking the BET Awards. For all, for all y'all listening, if y'all listen to this on Tuesday morning, I won, I appreciate the fuck out of y'all. Um, Make sure y'all watch the BET Awards tonight that do come on Tuesday night. What's this, October 5th? Yeah, October 5th, Tuesday night, October 5th, the BET Awards um do come on. And they are bringing, I think, bringing back the basement for an hour. I don't know if it's going to be so. If you got, if y'all make time, I'm not going to say if you got time, make time to watch the BET Awards. Um, watch them like in real time because we do got to kind of support our own shit. But I'm, I'm going to get on to that in a second. But just real quick, back onto the Boosie shit. Anyway, Boosie and it was performing on Friday and it was a big ass fight that broke out on stage while he was performing. I don't know if he, I don't know if that was his crew or whoever had something to do with it because he was literally on the middle of the stage at the front performing when the fight broke out. So like he didn't have nothing to do with it, but I think they took him off of, um, I don't know if they took him off, but he's basically, I know for a fact he was banned from the Baltimore jump and that was, yes, that was yeah, yesterday. That was Sunday. He was banned from the Baltimore jump and he is in Boosie altercation. Oh, he they won't allow him to perform at the Greensboro Joe in North Carolina neither this week. So um yeah, I don't know. And and it's just it, it's crazy. And then you know, Boosie had his little shit where he, you know, he threw his shots at kind of motherfuckers like Baltimore asked for y'all refund because I know y'all came here to see me. Um and which could be true. Like and for some I'm sure for people who are out of town and y'all, or even people who live in the DMV, but you really ain't tapped in with Baltimore, Boosie even signed um did he sign a nigga young? Yeah, I think Young Moose. Yeah, Young Moose is he was like a big deal in Baltimore at the time. And he Boosie signed Young Moose to um to Boosie's whatever fuck uh the neighborhood of Boosie shit is called. Um Yeah, broken out and soon, yeah. And they closed that show. That shit was crazy. Like, I don't know if y'all saw the videos, but I'm talking about nigga, they was knocking speakers off the jump. Like that shit would piss me off if I was a promoter. I don't know if this, it, it may be a Live Nation concert. I'm not 100% positive, but that shit will fucking blow me if um, niggas getting on a fight at the stage and you're a part of the show. Like, nigga, y'all paid to be here. Like, that shit is weird. Like, that shit is different. And that's some, some, some that's nigga shit right there. Like, I, I would probably kick the nigga off the complete whole fucking tour, but I'm sure they don't want to, um, excuse me, they don't want to go out on a limb and kick him off this early because some people may actually be in certain cities, literally maybe coming just to see Boosie. I'm not about to make it like Boosie some fucking slouch. But um, yeah, I don't know. That would that would kind of put you in a in a hard situation. Like I don't, I kind of don't know how to um feel about that one. For people who into Majid Jordan, they got an album coming out on October second too. I'm not a huge fan of them. I know they sold the OVO. Like I'm really not hip to their music like that. I don't know how. Uh, I don't know what's the. I don't know. Like that's the crazy thing about like Drake can make a lot of niggas hot and he can give a. Everybody who's not signed to Drake, I feel like the Drake effect works for them. But people who are signed to Drake, uh, I, I kind of don't know how that will work. And, and it's kind of weird how that works. I don't understand. Like, don't get it twisted. I think Party Next Door is big, but then it's just like, but he ain't big as Tory. He not big as fucking The Weeknd. And I wonder, I'm not going to say... and. And I'm not going to, and I kind of would be, it would be fucked up to compare him to Tory because I do feel like Tory Lane's work ethic is kind of like next level. So it's hard to compare a nigga to fucking 
like saying, damn, party next door, not big as the weekend. I mean, not big as Tory Lanez, but Tory Lanez outworks a lot of niggas. Like his hard work speaks even almost a lot more even than his talent for certain times because it's just like he gives himself the benefit of the doubt to kind of continue to be like, I'm here. Y'all gonna have to deal with me. Boom, 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 boom. Like, I'm gonna keep just dropping fucking music. So it's a it's a lot differently. I don't know. But anyway, like I said, Majid Jordan, they dropping a new project and it's called uh The Wildest Dream. And it comes out October 22nd. Somebody gonna have to y'all gonna have to probably listen to that for me because I'm gonna definitely be fucking with the wild age jump. Like I guess I'm gonna ride for the home team on that situation on that day. Um a crazy story that I heard, and I and I don't know how, and this is kind of like wild to me. I don't know which one of these housewives, I don't watch none of the housewives shit, so I can't remember which one it was, but Akon's girlfriend is going to be on the new season of, I'm going to even say it's either Atlanta or, do, do they got an LA housewives? I'm, I think it's Atlanta, but she's supposed to be on the new uh, Atlanta housewives. And then his wife, listen to what I'm saying, his girlfriend is going to be on there, but his wife had to clear up the rumors that she will not be on there. He has a wife and a girlfriend. And the reason why I brought this story up is because Akon had a jump where he said, um, it's easier to be, he was more happier when he was poor than he was rich. And of course, when rich people always say that shit, but I kind of sometimes it, I feel like it is highlighted because it is something to kind of take with a grain of salt and kind of try to think about where they're coming from and what he's saying when he says that. Because, I mean, Akon is rich as a motherfucker. And obviously, if you want to know how rich Akon is, he has a girlfriend and a wife. source for the biggest celebrity and entertainment news in the palm of your hand. Get 24-7 access to the exclusive news, picks, and video only TMZ can provide. Download the TMZ app today! Do you want to walk that back at all? No, it's, it's not really more so a walk back. It's, um... But what I do want to express is that sometimes when comments like that are made, like me, I always think according to what I'm personally going through myself. Right? And I personally witnessed, and nobody can sit there and tell me that I didn't go through poverty. Yeah. Like I was the, you know, young African kid, barefooted, playing soccer in a village with no electricity, no running water. I knew what that felt like. And yeah. believe me, I know what poverty looks like. Yeah. But I also know what success looks like. Yeah. And from my personal experience, I'm, I'm having more problems successfully dealing with all that comes with success than I had when I was poor. I was actually happier when I was poor, right? So, wow. but that's my personal experience. And what I would like to say is, I would, not, I would apologize to those that felt that that comment affected or emotionally put them in a position that made it make it seem like I was arrogant. Right, right, you understand right. what I'm saying? Because right. that's not the way I Okay, with him saying that, where I feel like I kind of can agree with him, and of course, I'm not sitting here, no shape or form, I'm trying to say I got money like Acom, but the reason why I can say I can relate to him, and, and I'm sure we can all, let's all just play a game together, and this is just me using my real life uh, situations where I can kind of relate to that, it's like, perfect example, when I lived in Suitland, I lived in Suitland, like, right off of Suitland Road, right, so at that time, I think my rent was like 900, no, yeah, was it like yeah, like nine hundred or a thousand all yeah, like nine hundred, I think, or a thousand, all everything included, right? So it's just like when you have rent that's that low, you kind of just like you got way more money to spend. 
you got way just more it's just you have more leisure compared to where i live now 1700 nothing included right so now you're talking about that's an extra thousand dollars so your your stress level of thinking about just like damn i remember when i only had to spend a thousand dollars a month compared to now you're talking about what cable two seven winter time electricity bill high as fuck yeah like nigga you and so you're talking about an extra thousand dollars where it's just like so it's just imagine and we just and that's just something small that's not because what he just the way the picture he just painted is od where it's like i don't know if i'll be but if that's all you know and i guess i kind of goes back into this what i was talking about earlier with social media shit is just like if all i know and everybody around me don't have i do i want i don't you don't really want more and if you don't have you i think about it, if he's saying saying they outside with no shoes of course you don't have no fucking wi-fi so you don't see nothing else so you don't want nothing else so I don't even, and I, I kind of wish he would explain the story on how he, I'm sure it's probably interviews where you can kind of figure out where, how he transitioned and got to where he at now, but it's just looking like sometimes when you, especially with social media, it can make you sit here and always want more. But if you didn't have that shit, would you be happy? Because I'm sure you was like, I'm sure like, just think about it. Like as a kid eating hot dogs and beans, I was never mad with that shit. That shit was fired in. But now you're thinking of it as an adult, like I wouldn't eat that shit if you paid me like, no, um, so I kind of get it. It's just like, and I get where people can be mad because of course everybody wants money because we all feel like you want to buy this shit, your imagination. But again, the question I asked you, if there wasn't for social media, would you want some of this shit that you want now? So I kind of, I get it for him. It's just like when you got, when you have, when you're making less money, you have less responsibilities. The more money you make, you're going to eventually add more bills because just as a working class motherfucker, you don't want to, I don't, and, and this is a funny thing. I had this conversation. I remember having this conversation with a, a friend of mine, maybe a few years ago, like when I first moved out here and I was just living out here, but I'm like, man, this shit kind of kicking me in the ass. I'm out here by myself. I ain't got, you know, like this is an area where you kind of nine times 10, when you just fall off in a cut, you want to, you should be in a, not you, relationship shit. You should be in a house coming home to somebody, not trying to be single and trying to talk to somebody to fucking driving fucking 45 minutes to come and fucking see you at three in the morning. Like that's a little bit harder than coming in the house with some guaranteed fucking body to love you every fucking night so those and then but then it was like we was having a conversation and she was like yeah but that extra at that time this was like probably so let's just say at that time that extra seven six hundred dollars at the time it was like for a peace of mind is a little bit better like yeah you you might be saving money but that you, you're paying the extra you're paying for a peace of mind and then sometimes you got to think about it it's just like but does it really make you happy? So if you had less and you couldn't afford it and you still had to live less, were you happier with what you had? And it's just some just those little things. So I think about it sometimes. Like, are you happy with the extra six hundred in your pocket, or seven hundred? Now it's a thousand dollars, an extra thousand dollars in your pocket every month, or you whatever the case may be. Those little things where it's like you kind of can. I feel like with having money and not having money, or having less expenses or more expenses it's all everything has its pros and cons it's kind of how you look at this shit and i feel like just with akon it's just like he has basically he lived the worst of the worst and the best of the best so i do feel like him making that comment you kind of got to let his experience rock because it's like how many people could actually say that they used to play outside with no shoes on like the, the picture he's painting is whatever that picture like when they fucking and i'm not even being funny when it's just like 9.99 you can help a kid eat today whatever that little commercial is like he's that's the picture he's painting and i'm sure he probably was really that poor because at, uh, for a long time let's be real that's how most of us thought of africa he's from africa 
And if you say you didn't never think of Africa like that, nine times ten, you fucking lying. You can't even fucking you ain't you can't even look yourself in the mirror and keep it real. You feel me? Um shout out to Love Jack. I'm sure I got that fucking slogan from her. Uh so yeah, so it's just certain shit. Well, I I don't know. So I, I get it. I feel where he's coming from. I do feel like if you live long enough and had your ups and downs in life, you can kind of figure out and debate with yourself were you happy when you had less or were you happy when you had more some people's dreams is to just live in a certain area so they might be like no i'm happy with more money i can live where i want to live i can drive what i want but then ask yourself if you ever had the lows of the lows when you didn't have shit and you didn't know it was anything else were you actually happier because you didn't have a care in the world you had no expectations on shit you had no real responsibilities. You was going with the flow. You was baby to drink. You was baby to go out every weekend. You was a baby to sleep in late and whatever the case may be. Because your your expectations, your fucking shit was lowered. It's different. I don't know. That that's something that you probably gotta ask yourself like and try to figure out ways to keep it real with yourself on that one. What else I got Oh, I don't even know how I let this shit go this far without I don't even need the clip for this shit. Fuck this. This nigga Little Fizz apologized to Omarion at their uh what was the Millennial Tour, right? And the crazy thing is, I, I can respect the nigga for for apologizing publicly because you you did well, you didn't embarrass Omarion, but you made it a spectacle in public. So I can respect you sitting here piecing it up in public as well. But it's just like, are you really piecing it up because you really are sorry, or are you piecing it up because now that money's slow on that motherfucking VH1 shit? And he ain't take y'all niggas on tour. Cause when I seen the clip at first, I thought the whole I thought all them niggas was back on tour. I thought the B2K or oh, whatever fuck group they was in. I thought they was all on the jump um together. I didn't know that it was just Omari huh performing all that shit by himself. So Lil Fish tried to apologize and they hugged and they pieced it up. But I guess my question to y'all is could you be okay if you was Omari? And it probably just depends, to be honest. Like, do he did he really? I don't know, because I don't follow that type of shit. I'm again, I'm not an R&B fan, and I don't watch none of that um loving hip hop shit. So I don't know if him and his baby mother was really cool, or whatever the case may be. But I was him. I probably my feelings still would be suck my dick. I'm not taking you niggas on tour with me neither. Cool. I, I accept your apology, but man, fuck you. You're not coming back on tour with me. I don't give a fuck. I can't help you. I heard you. Cool. I accept it. We can hug it out, whatever. Man, I'm still gonna finish the rest of this tour, Dolo. Again, the question of the day is: Is that temporary for Lil Fizz? Was that temporary happiness? That temporary check? Was it realistically making you happy, or you didn't think out the long term? You thought that fucking VH1 loving hip hop shit was gonna last you forever. You and this bitch could have y'all a little storyline. Y'all can get y'all some extra. Oh, you can keep the storyline spicy. We can use some extra. I don't know how to pay out or how it go, but I'm sure that's probably how it go. The more camera time you get, the more money you get. Now that shit faded, you fucked up your real bread and butter. This millennial tour, this millennium tour is a thing thing now. I don't know how many more years they're going to get out of it, but right now you're missing out on that payday. And guess what else ain't going on? Loving hip hop. Guess what that bitch did? She moved on and you caught niggas caught her with Dr. Dre. So now you SOL, you ain't got the bitch and you don't got the money. Again, that was you chasing short-term happiness, not thinking long-term. 
Everything is always glitz and glamour when the fucking highs is high. When them lows come, buddy, we're going to see who can motherfucking hold uh, wherever that fucking storm and who can't. And right now, motherfucking Omarion up a million and Lil Fizz down zero, Jack. Real quick, just to double back on something that I was saying about the uh, all utilities. And I just, the, you know, the, the cons of that shit is, bro, that heat, and this is a utilities, everything included, that heat never really pumped. Like, you had to fucking cut the, I had to cut the heat up and cut the oven on at the same time to really warm this shit up, like how you wanted to be, like, especially you about to have some, for all my niggas, you about to have a junk come over and you wanted to be warm so she could want to take her shit off. As soon as she get in there, like, damn, it's hot in here. Let me, you know, get comfortable. You feel me? But anyway, just that, 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 I guess that is one of the, uh, the cons of living somewhere where all utilities is included. Like you really can't control that fucking heat and air like you want to. Now don't get it twisted. The difference of knowing you ain't got to pay shit. And when it get cold as shit and that fucking electricity bill get to 340, 360, it's a different ball game. we playing zero to playing just, yeah, it's cool. But it's just, that was just a pro. I had that on my mind when I just, uh, took a quick fucking break and I just wanted to fucking say that but get into this next subject and this is going to be kind of like it's going to be against my black car like how I'm so pro black when I'm about to make this next announcement and this shit I'm about to play to lead into this but I don't give a fuck this shit because I'm going to I'm going to turn two topics into one the way the reason why I'm, I picked this fucking song to play look if you had one shot opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted one moment did you capture just let it slip yo his palms are sweaty knees weak arms are heavy there's vomit on his sweater already mom's spaghetti he's nervous but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop palms but he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down the whole crowd goes so loud he opens his mouth but the words won't come out he's choking how everybody's choking now the clock's run out time's up over loud snap back to reality Oops, did it all Hey, I don't give a fuck what y'all say about that white boy. He, when he was him, when he was Timothy, that nigga used to go fucking crazy. And I don't give a fuck what niggas talk about. Eight Mile still top three best rap movies of all fucking time. Eight Mile is a classic. Nigga, it's a classic black movie. I don't give a fuck what y'all talking about. Like that eight mile, we gonna we gonna hold that into the, in the category with black movies. Eight mile is hard as a bitch. But the reason why I wanted to play that song, one because Eminem just opened up a fast food spaghetti spot in Detroit, and it's called Mom's Spaghetti. And the reason why I know it's a fast food joint because he was working the drive through at the joint, like the grand opening. He worked the drive through. Like, I remember how Sweetie did the little shit with McDonald's? No, this nigga did his own shit. Like, that shit is fire to me. I don't give a, like, bro, this Eminem. He rich, rich. Like, really rich. Like, not play, play rich. Like, for real rich. Um, So, for him to be able to do that, that shit is hard. And then just even to kind of tie the two in together where it's like, he took a bar and turned that shit in, like, just a bar on a song, on a iconic song. And turned it into the name of a restaurant. Like that shit is fine. I'm not gonna hold you. Like I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna give the white man credit when he deserved it, and that nigga deserved that shit. That shit was tight. And then to tie that into, for all of y'all who may be living on the rock and don't know, for this year's Super Bowl, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blast, Eminem, and Kendrick Lamar are gonna be performing at the NFL halftime show. 
and and you know it's just so funny i'm gonna go out on a limb because don't get me wrong a lot of especially us strong-minded black people we just slowly but surely finding our way back into watching football um and they put in the extra sauce like i've never in my life seen the nfl promote a halftime show nigga the season on we only in fucking week four right now like monday night football week four is right now like the rams versus the raiders i'm watching this while i'm recording right now and they're promoting the shit out of the halftime performance so that just lets you know they're trying to make sure nah we want that black audience back in watching this shit so we're gonna go big we're gonna go super big and for everybody who was giving jay-z hell um when he signed that deal and a lot of people y'all was giving him hell so don't i don't know if the people who are listening right now if y'all were some of those people but a lot of people was giving jay-z hell for getting in bed with the nfl right behind the colin kaepernick shit niggas wasn't trying to cut him no slack but hey we the fucking super bowl is in la and he got no that's and it don't get no bigger than snoop dogg and dr dre when it come to la and for that new West, remember when that shit was a thing where like when Nipsey and Kendrick and YG and all them like this, the new West and whatever the kid like this was like that right after the game. This makes sense. Like, I don't know how Mary J got tied into this shit. I don't know about that one, but I mean, it's cool. It's Mary J. Blouse. Nobody never going to complain. I don't know what's her tie into that. If I could ask for one request. I probably and this is going to be crazy. I would swap Mary J for 50 cent. I would love him to have seen 50 on there with um, them then. And of course, game would make sense because it's the West Coast, but I'm just talking about just off of just the Dr. Dre tree and the jock in the Dr. Dre story, 50 Cent would make too much sense. And for 50, that would be even a huger look for what, everything he got going on right now. Like 50 would have been perfect for everything that 50 got going on for right now and for just the story of Dr. Dre full surface with 50 yeah like that shit would have been hard but anyway shout out to dr dre snoop dogg mary j blast kendrick lamar and eminem like that shit is tight and just for the fact that literally like nigga the nfl is promoting the shit out of this shit right now like if you watch football they literally got a a, a, a commercial with snoop dogg and dr dre just talking about their performance that shit is huge like i don't like i don't know if niggas is just sneezing at that shit and not really paying attention to that shit but nah bro that shit is like that um before we get out of here, like I said, I try to make sure I, the way I record, I can't really tell if it's a two hour joint. So I'm kind of looking at the time. I think I'm, I'm, I should be good on like two hours. I literally feel like I got to hold y'all down for at least two hours a week. Cause I know how just for most people who listen to the podcast, I listen to it during the process of fucking working or on your way to work or whatever the case may be. So I'm just trying to help that motherfucking day go a little bit smoother. Shout out to fucking Portia Williams. I quit. Of course I don't watch the fucking reality shows, but I do know that like the, the OD topics and she, I guess whatever she dating, what's the lady name uh, Fallon? She dating her, whatever ex husband or whatever case may be, or whatever is Portia's fiance now. And this nigga is supposedly a rich nigga. And now and her basically going in, I guess, into the new season of what is this Atlanta housewives? She would have been the, of course the dominant fucking storyline. Cause she got a lot of messy shit going on right now. And guess what she did? Told them, suck my dick. No, I'm cool. I'm not coming back. I fuck with people like the same way I gave Kyrie his credit, his credit for his stance he's taking right now. I gotta give credit to motherfuckers when they 
kind of really bet on itself. And I'm going I'm to go out on a limb and say, I'm sure Portia is probably about to have her own show. And I'm going to go out on a limb and it probably might be on the Zeus Network. Shout out to Zeus because I did see, because uh, motherfucking Bella did send me a fucking clip of fucking, what's this? Um, Arbok versus, uh, what's this, Tommy girl? I know who Tommy is because I, I looked at her Instagram page and she has a very nice Instagram page. I'm just gonna leave it like that. So that just that clip, like, and I'm not a fan of um just paying for all these apps, but I do know the Zeus shit is like five dollars. If if sports wasn't going on right now, I would be sold on giving Zeus my five dollars. Like that clip alone, like the bro, the way they chopped that shit up and and the, the it, actually go watch the clip. The clip is clean as a motherfucker. Like the 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 quality on that bitch is definitely giving love and hip hop quality. And that's you got to think about love and hip hop is on VH1. That's Viacom. That's a big ass conglomerate. So for the quality of that TV shit to look like that, I was like, nah. If I was into this fucking type of TV, I would be copping the Zeus Network. So for motherfuckers, if y'all listening and you into that fucking um ratchet ass reality TV shit, fuck with that Zeus Network. That that Arbok and Tommy shit, that shit looks sweet. I'm not even gonna hold you. Like that little that clip definitely sold me on the shit. And then it was even a joke, like in that little fucking clip. Um she, fucking uh Tommy spazzed out about them playing fucking uh what uh what was the fuck was they playing? Um they was playing the motherfucking uh hold on, let me find this shit. She still wants attention off of the fact that we've had an altercation. We're gonna keep this shit PG 13. Anything go wrong, we're ready to ain't changed, bro. You still doing the same shit. Come on. Come on. Oh, y'all say that motherfucking Jocelyn doing like it's people out of the So niggas be trying, you, my nigga. That was a part that sold me. I don't, I just, the, the, her getting mad about them playing the Jocelyn song. And I'm, and this is what I'm t- when I had that conversation earlier when I was saying how people really probably feel about Fifty Cent, like how people celebrate him, like it's no way you going because when when the playing field, like when you all when we all on the same playing field, it's easier to have hate. So it's just like if you fucking if if you follow somebody, and you feel like y'all both kind of got the same fucking like space and opportunity, and this person may be getting a little bit more of a fucking shiny. It, it's, it's in your nature. Sometimes it's just, you might get a little bit of hate with it. So I'm sure like, that's why I said her saying that, like, I don't know what Jocelyn ever did to her, but why she mad the motherfuckers playing the Jocelyn song. Cause I'm sure all of them have been on shows. A lot of them women who be on these love and hip hop shows are rappers or any, some form of entertainers. And then for Jocelyn to catch up, a lick on some pure fucking garbage. I'm, I'm sure it may trigger people a certain way, but I'm just gl- like that, that little, her piece of her saying that kind of sold me on like, damn, what's the backstory behind that? Why she don't like that song? Like, so shout outs to the Zeus network for that fucking, that clean fucking editing and lining up the situation. They did a hell of a job to make you actually want to watch that shit. Um, I do want to play this clip of fucking Kevin Gates before I leave out of here. Cause he, he, I feel like this shit was worth, um, 
even if it doesn't start a conversation, but it's definitely definitely worth hearing him say. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> the shit that I've been through to get to where I'm at, like mentally, physically, and spiritually, I wish it was that easy for me to be a clone. I swear to God, I suffer. I really suffer. But you don't judge anyone based on where they stand in times of comfort. You judge them based on where they stand in times of adversity and discomfort. When everything going good, I mean, everybody's happy. Can you still be the same person when shit not going your way? Or do you make the necessary adjustments and say, you know what, fuck it. I'm not going to let a bad situation break me. I'm going to turn up. Reinvented myself. Now I'm a machine. Yeah, and I think just that to me, that clip spoke volumes to me because it's just like, I think a lot of people, and even I'm not going to say myself because I'm definitely cool with um, cutting back on a lot of shit just to really um, hone in on what I need to focus on. And that can just be from just stop dating just so you can spend that extra time or extra money focusing on building your brand, building your business up. And I don't think it's hard for a lot of motherfuckers to... um, to stop partying. It's hard for a lot of motherfuckers to stop indulging in little things that may, and at the moment, it may not feel like it's hindering you because you're just like, I work so hard. I need this little break or whatever the case may be. But again, it's just sometimes like when we talking that Mamba mentality, I'm not going to the club. I told you, I think I told y'all this about the difference between Russell Westbrook and John Wall. You ain't never going to see, you never saw Russell Westbrook at Rose Bowl when he played for the Wizards. You ain't never going to see him doing none of that type of shit he's going to be in the gym doing his shit. You ain't never like, you're going to see LeBron out yeah, with his wife doing the off season, but you ain't about to catch LeBron party and doing no fucking regular season. And that's just the thing of like, how many of us really are willing to cut off all the bullshit to find ways to level up. And for, and for Kevin Gates, it probably was realistically for him. That might've been jail. Him going to jail and him sitting the fuck down and really fucking, um, getting into his shit. I think even Meek said something about that shit uh, um in in his uh in his million dollar worth of game interview. I can't remember verbatim what he said, but I think he said something about it. Like sometimes and of course nobody wanna go to jail, but you don't want the extreme to be that fucking crazy for you to have to get yourself together. But sometimes you gotta be able to look yourself in the mirror and really hold yourself accountable. Perfect example, I could do that shit with when it comes to working out. Like I can look at my stomach and be like that shit could be tight. I wonder what can I take out of my diet to make that shit. Like you got to be real with yourself. You can't just go for the cheers because motherfuckers going to cheer you on from a distance about stupid shit. But how many motherfuckers really going to be like, go hold yourself accountable so you can make those unnecessary changes to some people be like, oh man, bro, live a little bit. What if this is my definition of living? I think I said, I know I said this before here and you kind of got to figure that shit out. And that's why I just wanted to play that clip because I just do think it's just like, when are you going to hold yourself accountable to make those real changes? And shout out to all the people who are working on it. For so shout out to the people who go into therapy, or shout out to the motherfuckers who are making time to go to to the gym, or make. Or shout out to the people who working a part time job to to fucking help find themselves some financial freedom. Like just think about that shit. And another cool, another cool. And I'm gonna leave it off on this one. A cool thing that I, Meek said on his album when the niggas it was was this song, uh, Love of Money. And he said on the jumps, I'm going to tell my niggas, don't be out here taking chances if all you're going to do is spend your money on designer. Man, that line hit so fucking hard. I was just like, 
sometimes like when I be hearing shit like that, I just be like, damn, why when I was younger, you didn't have access to this type of information. And, and of course, I mean, you could probably, I'm sure when I was younger, niggas may have said shit like that on rap songs, but not to the level of who Meek Mills is. So it wasn't like 50 wasn't rapping about that when I was like Dipset, like Jeezy, them niggas when I was Lil Wayne, when I was younger, them type of niggas wasn't saying shit like that. And I even always say that even when it comes to like decisions I probably made when dating, like if the conversations that go along on social media or heavy, like I can go down the fucking rabbit hole on YouTube of like telling men how to properly date or how to put their self ahead before even thinking about dating. Like, I remember that fucking video of TK Kirkland floating around on YouTube when he was talking to Vlad. And he was like, niggas shouldn't even want to date if you ain't got 50000 saved up. And the way he broke it down, it made so much fucking sense. Or even how many successful niggas tell you, like, nah, you probably should uh, prioritize your business or prioritize yourself before you think about trying to be in a relationship. Because most men's nature, when they really love a woman, is to cater to her. And, and it is not even up for debate with women because women are like, no, nah, but niggas don't. Yeah, because the nigga probably just really didn't love you. When most niggas love you or really trying to court you the proper way, you going to tell because even if he's one of them one type of niggas, he going to make you feel like, I know this nigga just don't get everybody flowers because he ain't got to. But he do it for you. He's letting you like he's showing you like, nah, I really fuck with you. You know I don't have to do this, but I'm doing it. I really fuck with you. And then the more you you just that type of shit plays back in your head. So I'm just always wishing like when I was just younger, a lot of information or gems that you find on social media or through music, I do wish it was like, damn. That's why I'm so hard on myself about time now. To make a long story short, but that's that verse when Meek said that shit, don't be out here taking sacrifices if you're just gonna waste all your money on designer. Him saying that shit, I just want to re-keep speaking that shit because I know that that shit probably went over a lot of niggas' head because when people listen to music, you're just listening, but you're not really listening to hear what they saying. And that shit was a real fucking bar, especially coming from Meek Mills because Meek Mills is a, a flashy nigga. Even though he even dissed all the young niggas because y'all was killing him about rapping about the rollies and he said, nigga, I'm tired of hearing about y'all niggas' boutiques and y'all fucking phones that y'all renting. Like, but remember at one point in time, Meek was the nigga. Everybody was mad that he kept rapping about the Rollie. So it's just cool to see him in the older nigga position now where he's holding the younger niggas accountable for the shit that niggas was criticizing him for. So again, y'all like what y'all heard. I could probably easily squeeze another 10 minutes, but I ain't going to overdo it. I want to thank y'all for listening to me. Thank y'all for fucking tuning in each and every Tuesday. This is the number one podcast in the DMV. If it was ever up for debate, I'm sure I'll put that motherfucker to bed tonight. This is one of them games. On my Will Chamberlain shit, about 100 points, 20 boards, cool 15 assists. I want to thank y'all again. Share, like, subscribe, tell a friend, and tell another friend. Matter of fact, Mo, can, can I get this fucking rate? It's too, listen to me, it's way too many people to listen to this shit for the ratings to steal. That shit looks like nobody listens to this shit. Like, bro, stop. Come on. Let's get that shit in order. Thank y'all again. Um, I appreciate y'all for listening.